Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, well, well. Pleasant good Monday morning to you. This is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers, and I am Trace Fowler. Tom Brenneman, I think, is going to be back tomorrow to do a hit. Dealing with a little bit of a vocal coach today. He's hoping he can get back into full strength. Tomorrow, maybe he'll be able to join us shortly on the show. And uh, we'll, get a, we'll get a bigger update from the man himself. But this weekend in sports, what a wild weekend in sports it was. It's one of those weekends, uh, honestly, when there's so much going on in COVID and 2020 was not that long ago that you sit back and you just relish in the fact that there's sports and just there's sports to watch. And this weekend provided a lot of moments as to why we love sports and maybe why we don't. Uh, college football on Saturday was incredible. NFL action yesterday was a little chaotic, as usual, because that league is just wild. As soon as you think that you know the NFL, you don't. Of course, the Cincinnati Reds, they played baseball this weekend, and um, they played probably one of the craziest series that uh, this year's had. We'll talk about that. We'll start in the college football world. Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers. They choked away a win, just as Dabo seems to do lately. Some are saying he's fraud. I won't go there quite yet. But they drop to number four ranked Florida State when they had a 30-yard field goal staring them right in the face. Missed the field goal, losing overtime. You jump down, number 10, ranked Oregon. They gave a little bit of a, a Deion Sanders, a little taste of his own medicine to a certain extent. Still a Deion guy, but without Travis Hunter, Colorado didn't look like Colorado. Is one guy worth that much? I'm not sure. But you lose by 40 Losing by 40 seems like more than just one guy. 11th ranked Utah. They would defeat 22 ranked UCLA. Final score 14 to 7. 12th ranked LSU and Brian Kelly had to claw their way back and beat Arkansas narrowly, just barely, 34-31. Nick Saban. Starting to feel a little bit down, a little bit different down there in Tuscaloosa. Just a little bit different. They would win. They would beat Ole Miss 24 to 10. Uh, but with, for all intents and purposes, it just doesn't seem like the same old Alabama. We'll find out. They play more games. I don't know how loud Casey's going to be over there in that chair, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there at some point. I also am a little concerned as well as I read down through the script because I'm trying to be very, very, very careful because Elliot wrote this whole thing, which also means at some point throughout this script, there will be something stupid in there that tries to get me to, to laugh or do something. So here we go. Oklahoma. They came into town for the big noon kickoff in Clifton. And for the most part, it was a sloppy game. Ugly game. I guess you could say Oklahoma took care of business against the Bearcats. Now there seems to be questions around Emory Jones. Emory Jones was a guy that obviously had bounced around. Started at Florida. Went out west. Come back to UC and Clifton. Emory Jones is here for a reason. He's in Cincinnati for a reason. And some people are starting to figure out why. Does it mean that he can't still be a good quarterback at UC? Time will tell. But ultimately, there's a reason 
that most quarterbacks have three to four stops. It's because ultimately there's inconsistency at their quarterback play. Uh, the game of the week, I guess. Some might say the game of the year. We'll find out. We'll see if it holds true. But I will say this. For somebody that is unbiased when it comes to these two programs, it was a great football game. Ohio State versus Notre Dame. You got two sides of the aisle. One are going to be complaining about one thing. Another aisle will be complaining about another thing. At the end of the day, you played a full football game. And Ohio State narrowly edged Notre Dame 17-14. to A walk-off, for the most part, win for the Buckeyes. And the crazy thing is, Marcus Freeman had 10 men on the field for the final two plays. Why two plays? Well, the first play, there was a timeout. Second play, they run back out there. And they decided they didn't need 10, or they didn't need 11 guys. We'll just play with 10. Marcus Freeman said he didn't want to sub in a defensive lineman because of the fear of a penalty. But Ohio State was on the one-yard line. Do you buy into that? Some would say a penalty doesn't do anything. It moves the ball up, what, a foot? Maybe not even a foot. But you know what? Football is a game of inches. I'm sure we'll have a, a spirited debate in here about that. And then you get to where you have one of the strangest rants of all time. This rant came from a place of deep frustration over a multitude of years. Ryan Day has done what many would argue, at least I would argue, a good job at Ohio State. A great job. I don't know if you can give him great because he hasn't gotten to the finish line, but he's done a pretty good job backing up a man that ultimately you can say whatever you want about Urban Meyer. He's one of the best college football coaches of all time. He was at Florida, won national championships. Went to Ohio State won national championships. You want to make fun of him for what he's done off the field? Sure. But you can't argue the results that have happened on the gridiron in college football under Urban Meyer. Look at the path that Florida's been under ever since Urban Meyer left at Florida. They've been reeling. They've been trying to find their footing ever since he left. Ohio State's not been the case. Ryan Day has picked up. Has he picked up where they left off? Of course not. He's lost to Michigan in back-to-back -back seasons. He lost to Alabama in a national championship. He had a really, really tough game against Clemson where there was a couple calls that, if we can all be honest for a second, they, they didn't go his way. Last year, you miss a field goal to beat Georgia, what, what ultimately ended up being, for the most part, the national championship. I, I get that TCU fans and maybe some other fans that don't like Ohio State would argue they still had one game to play, but... The performance that TCU put out for the national championship game would make you argue that that was the national championship. So you, here you have this man that has coached a program that is, that is, by their own fan base, perhaps the most visceral program in all of sports. If you want my opinion, I think it is. Whether they win or lose, there will be complaints. Is Ryan's Day team tough enough, is what the 86-year-old Lou Holtz said on the Pat McAfee show. And I think that's a fair and valid point of what Lou Holtz was saying. Ryan Day can say whatever he wants about his program, but the truth is, is that they've not been able to finish when it's mattered the most. And until you ultimately finish, 
you are at the standpoint where you're left with uh, with probably a sour taste in your mouth. And that's exactly where Ryan Day sits. If you didn't get a chance to see the post-game interview, forget the copyrights. Here it is. Coach, you knew this one wasn't going to be easy, but it came down to the wire. And what can you say about the performance from your quarterback, Kyle McCord, to finish that drive? Toughness. Toughness. That's it. Physicality, cross the board, finish it off, having guts. You know, like I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio, and it's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. What did they prove to you tonight in this victory that you'll take away and run with? Toughness. Everybody's questioning these kids all the time. We had one bad half the last couple years. That's it. Everybody wants to question these guys. These guys are warriors right here to come back and win. This kid right here to come back in the second half and win. I'm emotional about this for a reason. A lot of people question these kids and say a lot of things about them. I love them. When someone attacks your family to come in and win like this is special. It's a great win for our program and a great win for Ohio State. Can you take us through the play call to run the ball on fourth down? What was behind the decision to do that for right, you? I'll take a deep breath now. So when we got down there, we had <clears throat> we had no timeouts, and I felt like we had a chance to maybe you know sprint out to to get Marv the ball. We wanted to get Marvin the ball. He's the best receiver in football. But then with three seconds left, we knew that was the last play, and I felt like they could have been a little bit soft inside. We got to make a yard. We had four opportunities, two down here and two down here to get first downs. We didn't do it, and we had to get it right there. We got it. We won the game, and I'm just so happy for our team. Coach, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for your patience. Now, there's a lot to take from that, that, uh, that whole exchange there. And by exchange, I mean just the one-sided argument or one-sided case that Ryan Day was making. The one thing that I take away from that is, is he using just for Mingel? I'm not sure. Switching over to the NFL, <clears throat> the Cleveland Browns look pretty good. They didn't need Nick Chubb, I guess. Running backs ultimately maybe doesn't matter in the NFL. We will find out. Uh, they crushed the Titans 27-3. to they used seven different ball carriers. Seven of them. Uh, the Lions didn't look great. I didn't write this. But they did win 20-6. to six. I'm not sure how the Lions didn't look great. We'll get into that. They beat the Falcons. Who, that's Casey's team of the year. We'll see how that, th those guys go. The Green Bay Packers. They found a way to, to, to snatch the victory out of the jaws of defeat. I'm not really sure how they won, to be honest. I watched most of the game. <coughs> Derek Carr did leave the game. That, 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 that helped a little bit. Old famous Jameis came in. Wasn't able to quite lead the Saints down to a victory. But Jordan Love would lead a comeback, and they would win 18-17. to 17. Justin Herbert. Another guy that everybody is not sure if they believe in. Meanwhile, he's slinging it all over the field. Chargers escaped with a victory against the Vikings, winning 28-24. to The Jets, are they dead? They are if they can't find a quarterback. It is quite remarkable how inept Zach Wilson is. How can a guy get drafted that high and be that bad? I don't know. Just ask the Bears. Uh, the Patriots are 15, or the Patriots would win 15 to 10. 
And the Jets have too much too much talent on that team to let Zach Wilson continue to wreck it. We'll see if they make a decision soon, but I think they've made some calls around the league and they're not getting the answers they want. The Bills, they, they, uh, they take care of the commanders. The Bills continue to find ways to where they just beat the brakes off of any marginal team there is. It'd be nice if I could see the score, Elliot, if you could just kind of leave it there. Yeah, there we go. 37 to 3. Nice. All right, the Miami Dolphins. You know, for a league that always has close games, there weren't that many close games yesterday. You know, it's like, uh, it's like the one thing that everyone says that's terrible about college football. You'll never see a score that bad in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins, uh, are they the best team in the AFC? I don't know, but they sure damn look like it. They beat the Denver Broncos 70-20. to 70 points in the NFL. 726 total yards of offense. 726 yards. Is, that's laughable. Like, that is actually laugh out loud funny that that even exists in the NFL. They had a chance for 73, and they just decided uh, they decided they were gonna they were gonna fall and, and, and fall on the sword and hold on to the ball. And uh, for for all intents and purposes, McDaniel spoke on that after the game, and he had good valid points. He said it just wasn't in the in, in basically their moral system to go for the record in that situation. So kudos to them. Sean Payton, he just left Russell Wilson in there till the very end. Some are saying that's very that's very disrespectful to a franchise quarterback. X.com said, let Russ cook. <laughs> they let him cook. He burned the kitchen down. What a disaster that franchise is right now. If you're a Denver Bronco fan, imagine the offseason of getting Russell Wilson, thinking that you're all the way back, and little did you know there was going to be a fire of all fires down there at whatever they call their field now. In Power Stadium. Mile high, whatever it is, they need to figure it out in Colorado because it's uh, it's not looking it's not looking good. Anthony Richardson less Colts. Turns out you might not even need a quarterback in Indianapolis. They beat the Ravens, the damn good Ravens. Baltimore has been ravaged by injuries to start the season, yes, but to lose to the Colts. 22-19, tough loss for the Ravens. Had a chance to take the uh, the AFC North by storm, go to 3-0. Instead, they dropped back to 2-1. Seahawks beat Andy Dalton's Panthers 37-27. The Cardinals shocked the Dallas Cowboys, who I think is the best team in the NFL, but I don't know. They still do have Dak Prescott. And unfortunately, that, uh, that might rear its ugly head once more. They lose 28-16. It seemed like all the eyes were on the Bears-Chiefs game, at least on social media it sure was. Not because of the uh, future Hall of Famer Justin Fields. Not because of the greatest quarterback of all time in Patrick Mahomes. No, it was because Taylor Swift, she was cheering in the press box for her new boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. Are they boyfriend and girlfriend yet? I don't know. Who gives a damn, quite honestly, but I guess the world does. I don't know. She's there with Mama Kelsey, with a bunch of other randos. I had no idea who they were. They're banging on the glass. It was absolutely disrespectful how hard they were cheering when the score was like 41 to nothing. 
I mean, you'd have thought that they just won the AFC, the, the AFC championship. They're going to the Super Bowl by the way that they were acting. What a boss move by Travis Kelsey, by the way, though. He's bringing in, without question, the most famous artist there is of our generation. And when's he do? He brings her to the Bears game. He knows he knows how to play. This guy is this isn't his first rodeo. He's like, we got a chance to do something here. We got a nice easy game. Probably gonna catch a touchdown or two. Make it look all nice and dandy. Can't bring him can't bring her to a game against, you know, the Chargers or somebody that they could possibly get beat by. Bring her to the Bears game. Smart move. Smart move. Um controversy is spread all all within the Bears now. They got a defensive coordinator. Said someone broke into their facility, stole $100,000 in equipment, and then they top it all off and they lose 41-10 to 10 to the Chiefs. Uh, at this point, maybe next time they have the number one pick, this is just a little bit of help from your friendly rival. Don't trade it away when you don't have a franchise quarterback. At this point, I would just tank if I were the Bears. I'd get Caleb Williams and I'd just move on. But we'll see. That's probably what they won't do because they are the Bears. The Raiders, they lose on Sunday night football to the Steelers, and that makes everybody in the AFC North 2-1 and one outside the Cincinnati Bengals. Speaking of Cincinnati, this is a Cincinnati sports talk show. And the Reds did play baseball over the weekend. As I mentioned on Friday, this is going to be a huge four days in Cincinnati sports. Massive. Why? Because the Reds had a huge series at home against the Pirates. And quite honestly, there's mixed emotions when it comes to this. The Reds would lose two of three. And the game on Saturday, will leave, uh, it's going to live in infamy. It's going to live in infamy. Reds jumped out to a 9 to nothing lead through with three innings. Then the wheels fell off. Teams at that time... We're 0-205 when trailing by nine runs this season. The Pirates were a cool 0 for 315 over their last 50 seasons. Pirates would score 13 unanswered runs. And honestly, to make matters worse... As if you when you when you when you when you blow a nine to nothing lead and you're down thirteen to nine, to make matters worse, to be honest with you, the Reds fought all the way back. <laughs> and in the bottom of the ninth, they had a chance to tie the game with a runner on third with less than two outs, and the tying run was just ninety feet. One swing of the bat, and the Reds would go home winners. Instead, they would stray in the runner. TJ Friedel would be there to die. Speaking of T.J. Friedel, he's a guy, quite honestly, if he plays like that for the next four to five years, he will start to get a little bit of credit nationally. He's gone unheralded this year nationally. No one speaks of T.J. Friedel. But if he's this good for the next four to five years in Cincinnati, I will guarantee you that the Cincinnati Reds We'll be worrying about home field advantage and what their record is, when it, what it is in regards to uh, where they would stand for the postseason on September 26th from here on out. 
instead of worrying about just getting into the postseason if TJ Friedel plays this well. The Reds have an off day today. They will be back in action tomorrow against the Guardians, and simply put, they're going to have to win out. They win out, they give themselves a chance. If they don't, it's been a great season. And that it has. And I'm sure we'll have plenty to discuss on them when that finality comes true. But until they're dead yet, until they're dead and someone says, hey, they're mathematically eliminated, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. The Bengals play tonight. And what is, without question, in my opinion, a must win. It's a must win. Is Joe Burrow going to play? Maybe that's where we, we, we should start on this Monday morning. Fellas, hopefully you had a nice weekend. Reed, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, good morning, Trace. Hi, my name's Nicholas Reed Mouse. Uh, happy Who Day. We get to watch the Bengals play today. And uh, on Saturday night after we, we got off of the Bearcat Bash and I watched the Notre Dame game, I, I took Ryan Day's call to action and I went to the nearest nursing home and just assaulted as many geriatric guys as I could. So it was a good Saturday. <laughs> How are you, Elliot? I'm good, Reed. I'm great. I couldn't be more I couldn't be better. You know, Saturday was probably an all-time low watching that disaster. I was at a bar watching the game and and Zach and I were there. We're, we're watching. We we were there for Ohio State Notre Dame. So we're like, "You know what? The Red cuz at that point the Reds were already up 8 nothing. We're like, "You know, what? let's just go. Let's just go watch Ohio State Notre Dame." The bar had the bar that we go to had turned off all their Reds TVs, put on college football cuz it was 8 nothing. Reds get a ninth, 9 nothing. I'm like, all right, I don't care. About, I don't know, 30 minutes into our stay there, maybe an hour, Zach starts going over to me. What's going on in the Reds game? I'm like, I don't know. Let's take a look. Oh, Brian Reynolds just crushed a three-run home run, and it's 9-6. to six. And then I start getting mad because it's like I knew what was happening right there. It was, it, it's, the, it's the scene in Moneyball on their 20th win in a row where I think it was the Twins or whoever, whoever the hell it was. They came back from 11 nothing. Obviously, that one ended differently with Scotty H hitting a walk-off home run. But I knew what was happening. I knew we were in disaster mode. And as soon as they tied at 9-9, it was over. I, it was just over. It does suck that, I mean, Alexis Diaz got burned out, gave up four runs in the eighth. But it sucks that the Reds actually fought, that they, they fought till the very end. I mean, losing 13-12 to is just brutal. Having, starting off with a, it started off with a hit by Joey Votto. Friedel doubles, second and third. Nobody out. I thought it was like, all right, they might actually tie it. Nope, nope, nope. They go down, 13-12. So that was horrible. I'm not going to lie, that was one of the worst losses I've ever experienced as a Reds fan. Maybe the, maybe the worst loss, if I'm going to be honest with you. But I, I got over it. I got through yesterday. I went to the Reds. I went to, down to the GABP yesterday. I said good, goodbye to my favorite player, Joey Votto. That was, that was incredible. There was a great... Turnout there for yesterday's game. I, don't, I didn't know the number. It, was, it looked like there was 30,000 there, though. Standing O for Joey. I was, I was very excited. I was very happy for him. He got a big hit in his last step bat at GABP. So it, 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 everything kind of came back to where I was like, okay, I can live now. The red season is over. I, I mean, if we want to say they can win five in a row, you can go ahead and say that. But the season is over. Um, I, there's just, there's, there's just no chance. If you, if you, the, the two losses they had on Friday and Saturday, it was just the nail in the coffin. It, it's over. So you're going to have to be okay with it. The Reds are going to finish this season above 500 for the first time in a while. It's, it's a season that's going to go down as probably honestly 
my favorite season until we win a World Series. This is going to be my favorite season. Just because of how low expectations were and you crush those and you just have a fun season. And that's what this was. But the season right now as it stands is over. This series to the Pirates ended it. And it sucks. I'm gonna, that's a tough pill to swallow. So I'm just going to keep fighting and fighting until the end. And, and, and hopefully the Reds finish above 500. That's all I've got left. But other than that, I'm great. Casey, how are you? I'm doing all right, Elliot. I'm not as bad as you are. I did not have a great weekend in terms of football analysis. I, I, I just got taken to the woodshed. My Falcons got destroyed. Commanders got destroyed. Uh, Notre Dame, they just, they just can't win a big game to save their life. Um, yeah, not, not a great weekend for old, old Casey over here in terms of football, but uh, we can make I, it all up. It, we can make it all up tonight. FC it, Cincinnati it won. All, it can all be forgiven tonight. FC Cincinnati so. won. They did. They did. What a victory. What a victory. They needed one bad. They kept drawing and they kept losing to really good teams. So they needed a victory. So good, good for FC. Yeah. Great for them. Um, Happy for them. Yeah, but that's shout out Mac and JT. They told me to take the Raiders last night or the, the Steelers. Yeah, and we did. I took the Steelers. Good job. Went on, Went on Betfred Sports. So shout out Mac and JT. Hey, um, not to not to beat a dead horse. Not to not to, to pummel the Reds fans in this chat into the. Yeah, ground. I hope you don't do it. I mean, I hope but you he, don't do I it. Mean, right I mean, do I? I don't believe in karma. I don't believe in jinxes. You guys do. Do you think you maybe shouldn't have played that three-run home run from the Pirates 36 times on the show on Monday? Do you think you maybe should have given the Pirates a little bit of credit instead of talking how bad they were on, on Friday when we had our last show? Well, the, no, 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 no. We're no, not no. going to do that. To be, clear, to be clear, the Reds lost that series. The yeah. Pirates did not win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, the Reds, the Reds are playing. They're, they're not playing good baseball right now. Like, if, if you want to mask it and make yourself feel better and say, oh, they had a chance to beat the Pirates, yes. But am I going to give the Pirates a ton of credit? Not really. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, if you can't beat the Pirates in a series, you ain't worth a shit. And that's where we're at. And I don't think the Cubs are either. The Cubs are winning one-run games against the lowly franchise of the Rockies. They do have to face the, the, the Braves and the Brewers. Do I think that they could go 3-3? Three and three? Of course I do. Lar largely because the Brewers are just going to get the rotation set for their upcoming uh, playoff series. And then on top of that, you have the Braves who have already clinched everything and they've got the best record in the National League. So what is there to play for there? But they do still have to play good teams to give the, to give the Cubs like some credit. Just, to, just because they win doesn't mean you know they, these teams are going to roll over and die for them. But at the end of it all, I think if, it was, if, if this season were going to end a certain way, I kind of – I know it sounds ridiculous to say, but I kind of am glad it ended the way that it ended because of – First of all, I don't think it's over. I know Elliot says that. I don't think it's completely dead because I don't think it's dead. I know I know it's a tall task, but you know what I feel like? It feels like it feels like you're getting the ball back with a minute and a half left and you're on your own 10-yard line. You ultimately know the chances of getting in the end zone on the opposite side are very very small, but you're still I mean, you're not you're not turning the game off. Um, so I mean the 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 point I was making here Reed before we get into it is like I just if, you, if you're using your brain, you realize that the Reds have they have significant holes right now that they're not going to be able to fix. And it's just been a great year. And if magic happens and they find a way in, so be it. But I'm not going to say it's because the Pirates are good. I Do I, do I think that they have a chance to be good? Yes, but... That, that wasn't the question I was asking. I guess the question I was asking is, is those who believe in karma, those who believe in jinxes... Yeah. Do you think that playing that home run 36 times on Friday's show 
may have led into some bad karma that led to the worst Reds loss in your lifetime. No, no. I think what it no. was, okay. I, I actually think what it was uh, is, is that I wore a jersey for the first time in my life on Saturday. And I think it, re- it was a stark reminder that you just don't wear jerseys. <laughs> that's, okay. that's what I think. Now, am I going to probably sell that jersey, auction it off on the show? Maybe. I don't know. But for those that don't know, I was looking in my closet trying to figure out what to wear for the bash. I must say the jersey did look nice. I like the jersey. It did look. It looked. It looked, it looked really great. sharp. You look great. I thought it looked great. And I think you should wear it again. I mean, you look handsome. I'm not gonna lie. You look handsome. It's a handsome pill. But the problem. The problem is, is that I just don't know if I can wear it again. I, I. Maybe. Maybe the jersey was good luck because if I. If I. If I must say, here's what happened. I'm not gonna take this loss solely on me, but for for a guy that wants to make fun of our jinxes right now, Casey, that's that's really what he's ultimately trying to get. Yeah, that's, that's what he's, that's what he's trying to do. What he's doing is this. He's, 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 he's manipulating me by trying to say, hey, I wasn't the reason that the Reds lost. And then he's going to say, see, you said that jinxes don't exist. But see, now I know that's what he's trying to do, so I'm not oh. going to go there. Well, what I am going to say is this. I was wearing a Barry Larkin old school throwback jersey. Okay, that's the first jersey I've ever worn in my entire life. I don't want to get into like shaming people that wear jerseys. It's just weird sometimes to me that you're like idolizing another man while you're going to a game and you're going to see them. I don't know. There's something something a little odd about that. Something a little odd about that. But you know what? Teach their own. Again, I really don't have a problem with people wearing jerseys. I understand it. I just personally have never got myself over the hump of wearing one. But I wore a jersey on Saturday. And then I also went to the Revivalist concert. Shout out David Shaw. He's from Hamilton. No big deal. And he does a concert. Uh, He was at Red Rocks. For those that don't know the Revivalist, kind of a big deal. He was at Red Rocks this past week. And he just so happens to do a show in his hometown every single year right here in Hamilton. Uh, Big fan of the Revivalist. So we decided to go. It was cold, if I must say. It was cold? This is the the ultimate problem. This This is the jinx. Ready for it? Which I get it. Makes no sense. But it was cold. I get to the concert. I'm like, I need a hoodie. So I go find a little merch shack. I spend way too much money on a revivalist hoodie. I wear the hoodie. I put the hoodie on and the wheels fell off, Elliot. And it just couldn't get it back. So yeah, it was my fault, but it was because I put a hoodie on. I didn't know you were, I didn't know. I thought you were were watching at home. I didn't know you were, I didn't, I didn't know you were not watching it. I was, I was, that's why we lost. Right. I was watching it. I was watching it. Actually, that's the, I went, first of all, Elliot starts panic texting in the group chat, and I look at the score, and it's nine to six. First and second, nobody out. And I was like, yeah, this isn't good. But Elliot is so negative. Oh, man. I mean, this guy will bring you down in the dumps real quick. (laughs) I mean, you would have thought the season was literally over right then and there. Up three runs. I get on on Betfred, and the live line, by the way, is still like – Plus 875 for the Pirates at this moment. So, Elliot is overreacting a little bit here. Now, ultimately, it came true. But some are saying it's because of the negative energy that Elliot brought. Elliot, would you like to respond to this? No, I, I mean, there's, I, I, I'm not going to respond to that garbage. I, the, the Reds were <laughs> dead as soon as they played that game. And that's fine. If you want to say it was my negative en- energy, it, everybody knew where that game was going. Everybody <laughs> knew it. Everybody knew it. Alexis Diaz giving up four runs in the eighth inning was just, I mean, wild. I mean, it's just preposterous. Everything that happened in that game was a disaster. Uh, I, I, when they were up 9 nothing, I was legitimately ready. Like, all right, I think, I think this is a playoff team. I think this is a playoff team. And now it's not. Now, now they're dead again. 
So we'll Fair see. Enough. We'll so, see. It wasn't my negative yeah. energy. My negative energy was just realism. So that's what I was. I was I was realistically expecting the Reds to die, like every Cincinnati sports team has ever done. When I watch them, they just die. So I, that's what I expected, and it happened. You know, the worst part about that is Trace. He he tried to Facetime call all of us. How, well, let's have a team meeting real quick about this Reds game. Elliot picks up. I pick up. I'm just I'm just watching. I'm just observing. I mean, I. I'm already watching FC play. They're winning. I, I didn't want to rub it in at all that FC was winning, but I was just – Yeah, trying that would have been bad. Player. If you would have started texting me about player. FC Cincinnati, I'm not going to lie. I would have left that chat. I, I was just I trying left. to be a team player, just be in the meeting. And Trace, he did everything in his power to get Elliot to get positive about this game. But when Elliot is on the down on the downswing, it is, it is bad. It is just Armageddon. It is just over. So I felt I felt kind of bad for Elliot. I mean, it was it was a really really high high and a really low low, and uh, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Yeah, I mean that was the toughest one of them all to end the season like that when they're and, and again it's not over yet. Whatever. If you want to, I mean, not. I'm not I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna respond. It's just to that. not over. Listen, the season was awesome. It, it was legitimately incredible. It was magical all the way through. The, the what hurts right now. This team legitimately could have made the postseason. They had every opportunity in the world to make the postseason. They were, they were killed by injuries. I'm not going to lie. They were just killed by injuries towards the end. I, I think August was brutal. It was every opportunity to win a big game they lost this year, and it just capped it off right there. So, Because ultimately they're not ready yet, and that's the beautiful thing. Is you can watch sports and you get to realize at some point the team that you're watching just isn't quite there yet. The good news is, is all the guys that have – you want to talk about a nut cutter? A nut cutter of all nut cutters. TJ Friedel was unbelievable this weekend. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's – What a good. gamer that guy is. So, like I said before, you add in Matt McClain, you get a full season with Ellie De La Cruz. If he can find a way just to be just average, I just genuinely, if Ellie De La Cruz can be halfway between what he was when he started and what he is now, he is a great player. He is a great player. You add in Spencer Steer, Noel Ve Marte. You go out and get a little bit of help for the bullpen. You go find maybe a veteran starting arm. You add in Lodolo. You got Greenback. You have Ashcraft. Maybe Rhett Louder's in the mix. You still have Brandon Williamson. I know I'm missing guys. Jonathan India forgot. Um, I don't. I like I said. I trying to figure out if I missed anybody. I probably did miss somebody, but we'll see how that ultimately goes. The Indiana, Bengals, though, is what I really want to focus Indiana on. India had a great now. game. India had a great game yesterday. If that was his last game at GABP, it was an honor, Jonathan India. I, I rode with you until the very end. I know you kind of lost us the game Friday, but whatever. I forgive you for it. It's hard to play when the city hates you, and everybody was like, "Let's give Elliot standing O. Let's give Elliot standing O." Why not give Jonathan India standing out? The guy just died for the season. Everybody wanted him fired, traded, cut, gone. He fought until the very end, and God love him. I, I'm going to miss him. Unfortunately, I don't believe he has a spot on the roster any longer. Christian Arroyo is going to be up probably next year too, so who knows? Edwin, but yeah. You're Edwin, just... sorry. It's all right. Christian Arroyo, Red Sox? Yes. yes. Sorry, that's who yes. I forgot. Uh, Bronson Arroyo, Red? Edwin Arroyo, Pirates. That's beside the point. Yeah. Anyway, my point is, Jonathan India, it was great to see you. I rode you till the end. It was great. It was magical. Uh, Trace and the rest of the city hated you, and they want you gone. Have fun in Oakland. Uh, Jonathan India will be back because ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, Major League Baseball instituted a new rule change, which means you play every single team in the entire league. And there's a 
there's a good chance that, that, that at some point in the next two years, Jonathan India will at least be back in Cincinnati, uh, even if he doesn't get traded. We'll see how that ultimately goes. Can, uh, can, can I ask you a question real quick? Yes. Ask a question. I'm going to ask a question. Ask one. Go ahead. Right now, the answer. Right now, the Reds' future is bright. I, I, I'll say that fully. It's dimming. But you're seeing what's happening with the bullpen kind of imploding right now. If you're, what, what is your dream scenario this offseason? I think from a roster standpoint, we're great. If you want to get anything, you get one outfielder. I think our roster is great. Pitching is another issue. Depth, injuries, all of that. Yeah. I, think, I think we need one veteran starter, yeah, I and I think we need about three relievers. Let's yep. say you. No, that's right. That's, that's it. I think that's it. Uh, one starter, a couple relievers. I think the relievers that we have, there's some guys that are going to be really good. I, I, I believe in Fernando Cruz. I think he's going to be very good. Um, and I also think that Duarte has some stuff that, that, that can play at the big league level. And relievers are so finicky. Uh, it's just hard to really, from a year on, year on, uh, year in, year out basis, to like say, yeah, you, we want these guys to be in our bullpen. But at the end of it all, um, I think the Reds are in a really, really good spot with their core, and we'll uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about them. But here's the thing: the Cincinnati Bengals play a life or death game tonight. Uh, like it or not, I think that it's must win. Reed is going to probably tell you differently, but. When your rest of your division, three teams, and you could argue all three of those teams are pretty decent, are two and one, how could you possibly imagine a scenario where you drop to 0 and 3 and you would suspect that the season isn't basically on death's doorstep? You add in the fact of Joe Burrow's injury, and now we have a whole sports talk dream. I'm of the mindset that you do not risk Joe Burrow's health in any way possible. If it takes him six weeks to get healthy, you wait six weeks. If it takes him eight weeks to get healthy, you wait eight weeks. If it takes him 12 weeks to get healthy, you wait 12 weeks. If that means you got to punt on one season to have Joe Burrow finally healthy again, so be it. I personally don't think it would take that long. But my point stands that when you pay a guy that much money, Franchise altering money if things don't go right, you just don't risk it. Now, there's an argument on the other side that no two things are the same. Him having a calf injury and having something else happen do not correlate. I think that they do. I think when you play altered, you play in a, in a situation where you're not yourself, it opens up the door of possibility greater to injure yourself in another capacity. So now you beg the question tonight. What did Mike Brown say to Joe Burrow on that golf cart? Was that a conversation of just saying, Joe, I trust you. If you say you can play, I'm going to let you play. But I just want you to know this is the deal. You are the franchise guy. We need you. You need to, you need to grow up and make the right decision, not only for yourself, but for us as a franchise. And I'm going to trust you to make that decision. Or did he say, I just invested our entire franchise in you and we're not going to risk you playing on Monday night against the Rams because we think that we can win this game specifically without you. We'll give it another week. We'll see what it looks like and we'll keep playing it by ear. The Reds are, uh, excuse me, the Bengals are in a tough spot, aren't they? Because... They've gotten themselves into a hole already. 
This was a team that expects and thinks that they can win a Super Bowl. It's hard to punt on the season. But I don't believe it's punting on the season if you try to give Joe rest the next two to three weeks. I think this team can win without him. I know people will say that's crazy talk. I think that they can. A.J. McCarron's back in the saddle. Don't know if he's ready by today. I, I would he's on the practice squad, I would suspect so he's that he's not. Jake Browning's ready in the wings, waiting for his name to be called. I know that nobody trusts him outside of me, but I know that nobody trusts him. But I just continue to go back and say, listen, the guy's on an NFL roster. If you, if you game plan with helmet quarterback, you can, you can come up with a plan that can win you a football game. And if you can't, I would argue that, you, that, that your coaching staff then your coaching staff isn't elite. Or I would even argue good. Because at the end of the day, that's what coaches should be about. How often do you think a professional athlete gets better because of their coaches? I don't see it. What I do see is game planning. What I do see is clock management. What I do see is morale around the, the locker room which I think Zach Taylor is a lead at that. I think he does have a lot of guys that want to play for him, and he does create a good culture within the Bengals. However, we're at a point now where you watch Mike McDaniel, and you see them score 70 points, and you look at all the different types of designs and the plays and the ways in which he gets everybody involved, and you ask yourself, how far is the Dolphins of offensive schematics compared to the Bengals and Zach Taylor? And it seems like years apart. Fellas, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know if you've come back. I don't know if you've changed your mind over the weekend. Are you still in the mindset that Joe Burrow has to play tonight? Yeah, you, you, you brought up two things that I think are contradictory of one another. You say that tonight's game is absolutely must win, and then you also insinuated <laughs> that you think that Jake Browning should play, which I feel like those two things are competing, nope, against, they... are competing against one another. Listen, I, I, if, if, I'm the, if I'm Zach Taylor... I put the decision alone in Joe Burrow's hands. You go up to Joe and say, listen, are you ready? Are you, can, can you play? And if, he, if the answer is yes, then you've got to play him. Because I, I, I don't necessarily think that today is must win. They, they've got four games coming up, and they've got to win three of them to stick around. So, I mean, you, you can dice that however you want. It puts you in a terrible spot. No team has – I think only six teams in the history of the NFL has started 0-3 and made the postseason. But I, I, I guess – I'm also in the camp that if, if you sit Joe Burrow, you are punting on this year because that, that injury is not going to get better from one week of rest. I mean, it might get a little better, but he's still going to be banged up next week. It's not going to get better over two weeks of rest. It's something that lingers all season long. So it, it's kind of do or die with Joe Burrow. And if you want to talk about Joe Burrow like an investment, let's talk about him like an investment. You got him until 2029. That's what, seven years including this year? And if you punt on this year, What's that percentage-wise of, of the investment? That's a little under, like, it's like 15%, something like that. So imagine buying a house on a 30-year mortgage and not living in the house for the first four years. That's essentially what you're looking like this investment. And you could say that it's better for the long term, and maybe you're right. But if you're losing one of the seven years right then and there, you're losing 15 years of that investment. And, and, and we know that the, the deal is that it's already backloaded. 
loaded on the end, so you're not even really trying to compete on those back end years, or at least you're handicapped on those on those final years of the deal. So it's really tough. I mean, we we, we can play in hindsight. We we talked about this last week how how tough it is that they gambled playing a banged up Joe Burrow for the first two weeks, hoping that they won at least one of the games, and they didn't. In hindsight, yeah, you should have started Jake Browning and gave Joe Burrow a couple extra weeks of rest, and you'll start 0-2, and now he's healthy for the for the easiest four-week stretch of the season. It's just a very, 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 very <laughs> tough spot. If you ask me right now, if Joe Burrow is even over 50% ready to play, I play him. Because I'm not ready to give up on this year. And if you play Jake Browning for the next few weeks, it is giving up on this year. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and Reed's right. I he, was, he sat for five weeks of the preseason, right? Two more weeks wasn't going to help that. Two more weeks now isn't going to help it. It's going to be there all year. Reed just said it. It's going to linger the whole entire season. I think if you, come to, if you come to grips with that, you say, all right, Joe, this is going to be a risk. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not a serious injury. I know, I know we want to say that, but it's, it's not a serious injury right now at this very moment. I think you can play on it. You're a professional athlete. I think people have played on far worse. Joe Burrow, I, I have a hard time believing, is going to sit himself out for an injury that he knows is just going to be there nonstop the rest of the season. I have a hard time believing the Bengals are going to sit him. Maybe, and maybe they sit him tonight because he's just not ready. And maybe because he's actually hurt. He re-aggravated against the Ravens. And maybe he's genuinely badly hurt. But he had a full practice on Friday. So it's not, I mean, he's able to do something. It's not like he's, a, it's not like he's just walking around in a wheelchair sitting around in a wheelchair. That was bad. That, walking around in a wheelchair, that's bad. Um, but my point is, Joe Burrow is going to have this the whole rest of the season. I, to punt on this year right now would be crazy. Right. If, you have AJ McCar- right. if you have A.J. McCarron, uh, I believe that you can win games with A.J. McCarron. But again, sitting Joe Burrow for four weeks doesn't change his injury at all. doesn't change it a lick. Because he can still re-aggravate it the, the week you come back. That's the risk of professional sports, and especially so in the NFL. You're going to get hurt. It's just, it's just part of the job. And at this point, it's, a, it's, a, it's an injury that you can play on. You're going to have to play through it. It sucks. Andrew Luck does, is, is out of the league because of stuff like this. But here's the thing about Andrew Luck. He always played on it. And he was a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback when he was playing on it. Well, that's the question of the day. Is, 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 is Joe Burrow going to be a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback if he plays on it, is he going to be even remotely the same guy? Now I know what he's. I know what Reed's going to say. Did you see the? Did you see the second? Did you see the second half of the last game? Well, <laughs> yeah. I also watched the first six quarters too. So six of the eight looked pretty bad, and by pretty bad, I mean very bad. So we'll we'll see. Um, I just again, I want to make it be very clear where I stand. If I were a Bengal fan. As much as I would love for Joe Burrow to be in the game tonight, I just don't think the risk is worth the reward. I just don't. Well, I like like I like I said. I, do you think those two things are competing? That this is a must-win game, and you should sit Joe I Burrow because those Jake fields, like plays, are, you win. I mean, you don't. believe I that. do believe that. I, I you listen, don't. So believe you think that. if Jake, Jake Browning, Browning wins, plays, plays, we win. If Joe Burrow plays, we lose. I know I didn't say that. I think they, I think the Bengals are going to win tonight. He's been out of college for think, five years. He's taken zero meaningful snaps in the NFL. This guy's not ready to be a quarterback. He looked horrible in the preseason. And if you're going to use the argument, and I used it last week, if you're going to use the argument that he's on the NFL roster, so he's good enough, the wide receivers that were out there in the preseason should have been good enough for him to look competent. 
He did not look competent. He looked like trash. So if you're going to throw out Jake Brown tonight, you are going to lose the game. You are going to lose it. And if you do win it, and it's it's not going to be because of I, Jake Browning. I, I, it's going to be because of Joe Mixon. It's going to be because of the defense. Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't... I don't think that we're throwing the game away by, by playing Jake Browning tonight, but I do think that it is those two things are absolutely competing against one another. If you think this game is must-win, and if you think this game is must-win, then Joe Burrow plays. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. If you don't think this game is must-win, then yeah, I'm open to the interpretation that, that Jake Browning can play tonight. I hate to say this, but... This is how I feel about it. It doesn't mean that I'm a hundred. Uh, of course, it's an opinionated thought when I'm getting ready to, to spew here. If Joe Burrow tries to play through this for the rest of the year, the Bengals can't win with him being the way that he is. That's my opinion. They will not win meaningful games with Joe Burrow not being able to be the Joe Burrow of old. And what I mean by that is escaping, scat, uh, escaping sacks, extending plays, throwing on the run, Doing things that make Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Is he Lamar Jackson? Of course he's not. I get that he's not a running quarterback, so he might be able to get by a little bit better than others. But at the end of it all, if the Bengals don't win the Super Bowl, then what are we talking about? And if Joe Burrow can't play to the highest ability of his, of his capable self, then you're not winning the Super Bowl. So unless he gets 100% healthy towards the end of this year, forget it. It doesn't matter. It's all for naught. So then on top of that, you're playing him for what exactly? To lose in the first round? To possibly barely miss the postseason? You play marginal teams the next four weeks. Take your chance. Gamble on the fact that you have a good enough roster to beat these teams without him. And if you do beat him, then guess what? He comes back and he's his old self. And then you got a chance to really win and really do what you ultimately want to do. It's a bad situation for the Bengals, yes. It's the worst imaginable smart you could possibly have. He doesn't rest. You go 0-2. Now you find your spot where he's re-aggravated it. And you're questioning whether or not he's going to ever be healthy this year. I get, I get all of it. But that's my main argument. Is that without the 100% Joe Burrow... You're just not going to go through Buffalo. You're not going to beat the Chiefs. You're, you're, you're not going to win a Super Bowl against the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys. It's not happening. And if that doesn't happen, then all of us as, as Cincinnati fans and as Bengal fans specifically will not be happy. That's the reality. So unless he's 100%, forget it. It's all worthless. So you want to say you punt on a season, you're punting on a season if you don't win a Super Bowl. So until he's 100% healthy, in my opinion, you will not win a Super Bowl. Now, I get that that's arguable. I understand that's an opinion, but that's my opinion. I'd rather take the chance over the next four weeks to just get lucky, call whatever you want. Do, do, do I understand, or are we making a clear point here that Jake Browning doesn't give this team the best chance to win even if Joe Burrow's half healthy? Yeah, we get that. We get that. Yes, 100%. I'm on board with that. Don't, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. But I think if you have a game plan tonight, and Zach Taylor's had a, had a, had a, what has he had? Not just a full week, he's got an extra day to game plan for Jake Browning being the starting quarterback. And if he can't schematically find a way to make their offense somewhat decent enough to score, I don't know, 24 points tonight to win, then he's not worth a shit in the NFL as a head coach. That's my opinion. 
So I got a couple things there, Trace. I I agree with some of your points and disagree with some of the others. I agree that the coaching staff, they can't score more than 20 points with a backup quarterback that they they should be in question. We are already questioning them with our starters out there, with Joe Burrow playing out there. Moving on. Joe Burrow playing on the injury and not being able to win the Super Bowl does not make sense to me because Patrick Mahomes literally just did the exact same thing. That was a fake injury, but go ahead. Well, whatever. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> fake, whatever. He did it. I mean, if Joe Burrow and, can and sprint you know, for if Joe what? Burrow can, tonight, if Joe Burrow tonight can sprint for 15 yards and run outrun linebackers, he did it, he did in the Rams outrun game. linebackers and get a first down to win the game, then 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 you know what? I'll shut my mouth and say that Joe Burrow is healthy. But until he does that, he won't do that. You know why? Because he's actually hurt. Well, the, go ahead. The crux of your argument, Trace, is that you think that Joe Burrow sits for four weeks and he comes back and is 100% healthy. It's just not going to happen. And we all – I don't even think it's it's of our opinion. I think it's a fact at this point that there is no getting back from 100% health because he already had five weeks to do it, and he didn't. So, so south of giving Joe Burrow a full 10 weeks, two, three months to fully come back from this, he's never going to be 100% healthy this year. So at this point, you just gotta you just gotta play him and hope that 70, 80% is good enough to win you every game. Yeah, the the problem, like at hindsight's 2020. They should have just rested him the right, first two weeks. Right. We're past that now. We're we're either going to play him slightly injured, which I would argue he was almost there at the Ravens game. I mean, he was maneuvering in the pocket, jumped over a guy. Then high stepped it out of bounds. I right. mean, he was almost there. He says that he's feeling better. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say that he's not hurt, hurt. But I'm saying like, is he limping everywhere? No. And who knows if the line does a good enough job, which they've been doing pretty well. Maybe he can get somewhat better as the season goes on. I mean, the same thing happened with Mahomes. Clearly, the same thing happened with Mahomes. Right. So I think that if the Bengals are in a must-win situation, which I believe they're in a must-win situation, they got to play Joe Burrow, and they got to play. They got to play their best. If they don't play their best, and they play how they've been playing, very slow to start the games, right. they're not winning this ball game. I'm just telling you that right now. The Rams will not let you get away with coming back on them. They've got a competent enough run game. Stafford is good enough to burn you. Don't they got one of the best you, coaches in the league. Yeah. Don't do not start slow this game. Do not start slow. Yeah, and I and by the way, Zebra Zillionaires tonight, if you want to ride it, Joe Mixon touchdown and Bengals over two and a half first quarter points. Because of that very logic, if you start out slow against the Rams tonight, it's over, it's done, cancel the year. My argument, my counter-argument to Trace would be, if we're going to sit a guy because you're worried about the investment, right? We're paying a guy a lot of money to be our left tackle right now in Orlando Brown. We're, paying a, we're, gonna, we're going to pay a lot of money for Jamar Chase. So if Orlando Brown can't protect our guy, Joe Burrow, then why play him, right? Because what's the point? What's the point of risking his injury with, with, when, we're, when we're throwing out Jake Browning back there? What's the point of Jamar Chase playing if nobody's competent enough to throw him a football when we can just save them? We can save everybody's injuries. And we'll just tank on the whole year and we can punt. That's the counter argument I have because it doesn't make sense to me. It just If you want to punt on the year, that's what you're doing. If you play Jake Browning and you bench Burrow for one week, two weeks, it doesn't really matter to me. If you're benching him, you're quitting on the year. 
That's my argument. That's the fundamental disagreement that we have in this room. I mean, there, you have professional football players out there, and the idea that Joe Burrow is the only person that could possibly be behind center for the Cincinnati Bengals and them win football games with this Super Bowl-caliber roster is laugh-out-loud funny to me. I, I, I mean, this guy has been terrible for six of eight quarters. Awful. Not, not good. Not average. Awful. Joe Burrow has been disgusting quarterback for six of the eight quarters, That's and we want to sit around take. here. No, we want to sit around here and act like this guy is, is is Jesus when he goes out there right now. If he plays, let me ask you another question, chat, and also you guys in the room. If he goes out there tonight and struggles a little bit and doesn't play well, at what point do you say maybe Joe Burrow just isn't that guy if he's not healthy? Maybe Joe Burrow isn't the guy that we should be risking our future for for average quarterback play. I know that sounds wild and everyone wants to laugh about it, but I got to see it. I need to see Joe Burrow, and I get you're going to say the second half and all that, and that's great. So we get to see a full game tonight if he plays. We get to see a full game tonight if he plays. But if Joe Burrow's average, then what's the point? But wouldn't you say if Joe Burrow comes out battling this injury and manages to take this team to the playoffs, wouldn't that prove that he's a gamer? Wouldn't that prove that he's worth that money? If you bench him, you're not proving anything. It's not about benching him. It's play. That's what I'm saying. What's the goal then? I'll go around the room with you Bengal fans. What's the goal at the end of this year? What do you want to, what, what do you want to have happen? I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, you, you want to compete for a Super Bowl. I don't think, I'm, I'm, I'm against the logic that if you don't win the Super Bowl, then the season's a wash. Like, I, last year, the Bengals didn't win the Super Bowl. The year before that, the Bengals didn't win a Super Bowl, and I thought they were damn good seasons. The ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like the, the logic that you punt on a season because you can't win. I, and it, again, my, my whole logic on that, and it, it's, 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 spans the college football too. My, you have to have the opportunity to win a right. Super Bowl. And with Joe Burrow, he gives us the opportunity. Correct. If you, get, if you have the opportunity, it, it's not about if you win or lose the Super Bowl. It's about having the opportunity to get there. Joe Burrow gives you that opportunity. Well, Joe Andy Burrow, Dalton gave you that opportunity. Technically, you're right. Yeah. Technically, you're right. Again, using my logic, technically, you're right. But I would argue Joe Burrow is far better than Andy Dalton. In, What's, in the difference right, that's, that, that's What's the, the difference between Joe Burrow and Andy Dalton with your logic? More yards, more touchdowns, better quarterback. Right, yeah. Trace, Super, Super Bowl appearance. Trace, Trace is sitting wins. here, and he's almost like making fun of Bengals fans for having all of the faith in Joe Burrow when he's the best player that we've seen put on this uniform. We've watched this team our entire life. Some of you guys are older. Some of you guys saw Boomer and Kenny. I didn't. I saw Carson Palmer, who was a damn good quarterback. I saw Andy Dalton, who I think was a very good quarterback. And Joe Burrow took this franchise to heights that I've never seen before. He'd done things that I've never seen before, winning back-to-back -back division titles, taking us to back-to-back -back AFC championships, and taking us to a Super Bowl, and having us on the doorsteps of winning that Super Bowl, breaking the franchise record in touchdowns back-to-back -back years, throwing for 9,000 yards over the past two years, and he's almost making fun of us for having utter faith the, in Joe Burrow. Yeah, and the, that the, is crazy. The, and that is from someone, and the only reason he's doing this is because, just like I do this with the Reds, he's not a fan of the Bengals, so he's sitting on the outsider's perspective. Look at his stupid yeah, and smile. He, I mean, get a camera on. I get a camera on. Look at his stupid you guys smile. think that I'm saying anything negative about Joe Burrow when all I'm saying is that if I were a Bengals fan, I would want Joe Burrow to be healthy. You guys want to take your $219 million guaranteed quarterback and run him out there with a half-bummed calf who's looked terrible for six of eight quarters, terrible for six of eight quarters. On top of that, you want to risk the future of what he could possibly be for this franchise. Oh, by the way, if he goes out there and ruptures Achilles or he can't get away from a sack like he usually would and he gets hurt on a sack, all of these things. If you want to act like the risk of injury for Joe Burrow long-term isn't greater right now than it would be if he was healthy, be my guest. Go ahead. Tell yourself that until you're blue in the face 
case, you would be wrong. And then on top of all of that, you want to tell me that you can't schematically game plan to beat the next three or four of your opponents that you have on the schedule with a Super Bowl roster, all because Joe Burrow, who's looked terrible for six of eight quarterbacks, or six of eight quarters, isn't going to play. I just don't believe it. I, I guess, in a way, I have more faith in the Bengals' roster, oh. holistic roster, than all of these guys in, the, in, in here combined. Well, I, I must, I must, because I think Jake Browning could go out there tonight and beat the Rams, and no one else in the room thinks that. <laughs> They'd rather risk a guy that's going to get paid $219 million a year, or $219 million guaranteed, excuse me, to go out and try to beat the Rams week three, just three weeks after he just signed the biggest contract in NFL history. He's here till 2029. He's here so, till 2029. And we want to sit here and act like that's not a big deal. Go ahead. That's fine. I, I'm just not going to buy into that. I'm not going to buy into it. So if you want to sit here and act like all is well in the world, that Joe Burrow is going to go out there tonight and he's going to be himself and it's all going to look good and, and it's going to work out, we'll find out. We'll find out. I don't believe for a single second that if Joe Burrow has to play with the injury that he's played on the first two weeks, the Bengals have any chance of even coming close to winning a Super Bowl. Not even close. And maybe that's the fundamental disagreement we have in the room. This isn't making fun of that Joe Burrow. I'm saying that Joe Burrow is not that guy right now that he was. I've watched all the games. He doesn't look like he's the same quarterback. And he's not. Trace, just answer this. Is this a must-win game? If it's a must-win game, you play your best players. Simple as that. If it's not a must-win game, then you go out there and you play Jake Browning because you can risk losing to the Rams and going 0-3. Trace, Trace is acting like there's a third option to, to tonight's game, and there simply isn't. There are two options here. If you believe that it is must-win, then you have to play Joe Burrow. So if Joe Burrow doesn't play, you guys automatically think you lose. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. No, 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 no. No, because no. you think that the third option is that there is some some possibility that if you sit Joe for four weeks, that he's going to come back and be 100%. Yeah. And everything that the doctors have said, everything that the team has said, everything that Joe and Zach has said, said that that's not true. He had five weeks to rest up his leg, and it didn't help. He re-aggravated the second he played. That was five weeks. And you're saying if we sit here for the next four weeks and give him four weeks off again, after he re-aggravated it, that he'll be 100% healthy. You're acting like that's the third option. That is not the third option. From everything that the doctors have said, from everything that players that have played with similar injuries have said, said that this will linger throughout the entire season. So 100% healthy Joe Burrow is not a third option. The two options are play Joe Burrow banged up, and take your chances and take the risk of the injury, or you give up on the season and you play Jake Browning for five weeks. Or, and, and then Joe Burrow comes back at 70%, 80% anyways, and then you have a banked-up Joe Burrow going forward. So those are the two options. There is no third option because that is not what it, people have been telling us. And, and I agree. Trace is theoretically correct that the roster should be good enough without Joe Burrow to, to, to compete for a Super Bowl or to at least get to, get to an AFC championship. It should be good enough, right? The roster should be. But I think very, very recently, I mean, Brock Purdy's the only one I can think of that's been able to do that, right? A third-string quarterback was able to take the 49ers as far as they did last season. Brock's a guy, who's, a guy who's never played a snap in the NFL, right. he did it. But I'd argue that the, the rosters are constructed vastly different. The Bengals are supposed to be able to throw. The offense is built around Joe Burrow, who was a passing quarterback. Right. The 49ers built their entire roster on Jimmy Garoppolo, who was a career great 
ball that's, handling. That's a damn good point. So, so if, if you're going to compare great rosters, our roster was built around Joe Burrow. It wasn't built around Brock Purdy. It's not, it's not built around scrubs who haven't taken a meaningful snap in the NFL ever. That's, that's the difference. And, I, and So theoretically, yeah, you're correct. The roster should be good enough. But we are not the 49ers. We're not handing the ball off 35 times a game with four different running backs. Right. That's 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 a good point. This Bengals it, roster is built around Joe Burrow being empty set or Joe Burrow being in shotgun with four wide receivers wide. We don't have two tight ends that are competent. Like we're not the Browns that can that can go too tight, go under center, have a strong back. We're not the Ravens that have fullbacks out there. We're not built like these 49er teams that are trying to limit their quarterback, that are trying to win dominating on the ground play. Our winning formula is getting the ball in Joe Burrow's hands and letting him pass it along the field to Tyler Boyd, to T. Higgins, to Jamar Chase. That's our roster buildup. That is our roster makeup. And to completely go against the roster and say, all right, we're going to limit the team. We don't have that roster. We just don't have that roster to limit the game. The and game I, revolves around nine. And you per personally, Trace, I can't, even I can't even imagine you having this take because when Aaron Rodgers went down – Packers were terrible. They that's were terrible. That's because the Packers never really truly had a Super Bowl roster with Aaron Rodgers. They didn't have Jamar Chase. They didn't they have had Devontae Adams. Yeah, they they, they had Adams. Yeah, and what? They had they had Devontae Adams. And you know my favorite thing? They had they had one receiver. And I would argue that T. Higgins is just as good as Devontae Adams, if not better. Tell me I'm wrong. That, that, Tell me that what's, what's Devontae take. Adams since he left Green Bay? That's a crazy He's take. been good. He's huh? been great. He's been good. He's literally, literally, that's he all. He had 180 yards he last night. He had 180 night. yards and two touchdowns last night. Yeah, but I'm saying in general terms. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair. That, that might be a terrible take by me. That's all That's all good and well. But to see here, here's my thing with, with the Joe Burrow takes. Isn't Jordy Nelson listen, a Hall of Famer? And, and, Joe, and Jordy Nelson left was nobody. Driver. Driver. Jennings. Was his, whole career, was his whole career in Green Bay. First of all, Driver. We don't want to go down the Packers roster and we can sit here and do this because no one really gives a shit about the Packers. But I would also Correct. say this. The Green Bay Packers in general have always managed their rosters in a, in a, in a way in which they've tried to complement their quarterback in a way in which they try to put a good defensive side of the ball. And when you pay your quarterback at the end of the day, you can, you can try to make your roster build around offense or defense or try to be both. And the Packers never believed in going out and getting first-round talent for a wide receiver. They didn't. Now you could say they had Devontae Adams and all that, but 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 to sit here and act like Joe Burrow doesn't have three elite wide receivers is just it's 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 wild to me. And to sit here and act like like you can't possibly win without Joe Burrow is is crazy talk. I get I get I get the love affair with Joe Burrow. I'm not suggesting he's not an elite quarterback. I think that he is. But we'll find out who's right and wrong, I guess, tonight. If he plays, we'll see what he, we'll see how he looks. Now, Trace, let, let me be clear. I'm a little different than these guys over there. I think they can win with Jake Browning, but right. it is not because of Jake Browning. That's what I said. That, and that's what Elliot said. It's not going to be because of Jake Browning. It's going to be because of the rest of this roster. And right now, the rest of the roster hasn't been really playing great either. I mean, I, I would, I would argue the defense has played worse than the offense through the first two games. I'd argue that. And that's where our, that is where our faith is <laughs> – Got to be all in with Joe Burrow. If he's not out there, he's the only thing that's been truly consistent. Joe Burrow's been consistent this year? Yeah. Consistently you, bad you, or what? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, the defense has been consistently bad. Joe the whole Burrow, team hasn't Joe played, Burrow, the whole team hasn't Burrow, played Joe Burrow, good. Joe Burrow, Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow, with all Joe, due respect, guys, has how many touchdown passes? 
Listen, I'm on Trace. By the way, I'm on Trace's side with that. Joe Burrow's looked atrocious this season. I, I, he has been. That's All right, he has. Not, that's he, not he played a good one take, good guys. half. I, I agree with Trace in that sense. But to say Joe Burrow, to sit up there and say Joe Burrow hasn't been a, a, a franchise-changing quarterback. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, what, our what, expectations what, are now to get two Super Bowls, not to win playoff games. So it, it's just crazy. To, it's crazy to me. My the Casey's Casey's point is the roster hasn't been good. So if, if we want to say the roster could be good enough to win a – sure, it, it should be good enough. It could be good enough. They haven't played like it. I, I would say majority – our punter has been one of the worst punters in the NFL. Shout and out. that's – What? Shout out Brad Robbins. Brad Robbins. What a joke you are, respectfully. But it's like I, – I mean, we can say it's, it's, it's the roster's good enough, blah, blah, blah. Jamar Chase had like two catches last week. We go around, we go around the roster. The offensive lines look like trash. Defense defense has been carved up on the ground for 200 plus yards back to back games, so I no I, I this roster right now is not good enough without Joe Burrow. The, the roster is constructed around Joe Burrow. We need Joe Burrow, and if you have Jake Browning out there, I have a hard time believing you're going to win football games. That's fine. To, I, to, I, to, I, the, the point of this, the the whole thing that started this, is is Trace said that Jake Browning should start because. He thinks that Jake Browning can win can win ball games for the next few weeks and, and can keep us afloat and to get Joe Burrow back to back to full health. And then when he comes back after you know four games and a bye and we play the the hardest stretch of the, you know go back to back with the 49ers and the Bills, that Joe Burrow would be healthy and we're ready to rock and and have a charge towards the postseason and and win games in the postseason once we get there. And also he said that tonight's a must win game. Jake Browning can win tonight, but if tonight's a must-win game, then it's simple. you got to play JB9. Because if tonight was a playoff game, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Correct. Well, tonight's, tonight is— But you said it's a must-win game. I do think it's a must-win game. Okay. And well, I, and if it was a playoff I game, it would be Joe say, I will, you, the, you, See, what you can do is you can shred down different factors and situations and always come out with a different, a different scenario. But when you take the holistic picture in, I think that it, 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 it's, it's, it's an unwise choice. It's a myoptic choice to make tonight by trying to play Joe Burrow. So just so there's no future, there's no future thoughts in this. It's all about win tonight. We got to win tonight because we need to make the postseason. No one want, does. No one wanted in this room discuss that your franchise is literally in the hands of one guy, and you want to run him out there on a bum calf. You want to run him out there on a bum calf. Okay. So, so to, no, no, to listen till 2029. That's your quarterback. Like it or not. Right. Till 2029, and just so. We're all aware, for the record books, it's 2023 right now. And you want to run this guy out there with a bum calf against the Rams when I think you might be able to get by and just let the kid heal up. And you can say whatever you want. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Three weeks, four weeks. Three weeks, four weeks, it doesn't matter. Okay, so you think tonight's the same as four weeks from now. If he came out with any any play, this is the craziest part because it's just the injury is going to be Which, there. What you right. guys don't know that, and the threat that of injury. Every gonna... player that's that said that's had this injury has said that it lingers all year. Every every doctor said that it's not something that you, you sit for four weeks and you're back to 100. I just I need proof of that then. Trace, if you came if you came right now and said bench him for the whole year, we'll, we're going to let him get healthy this season. That's fine to me. But to have the logic that we're going to bench him for two weeks and think that magically disappears. No, you got to on buy top of the fact that Joe Burrow on top of the on top of the fact. Five weeks. Yeah. Four, four he just rested five weeks. It didn't work. It didn't not work. Not to mention, right. not five to mention when, you go, when you go one and four in those five weeks, are you risking him coming back to re-aggravate the injury when, when the Bengals have legitimately no chance? Right. 
Because with that logic, no, you don't. You sit him for the rest of the year, and then you come back at us five weeks from now saying, well, if he's a franchise quarterback, you pay $300 million, he should be out there losing for his team. That's, th this is where that argument loses me. Because if you're going to go out there and not try to die because, because of that injury, and you, when you want to say, we're going to save him for the whole season, I would say, you know what, that has merit. If we want to say Joe Burrow, let's get him right this year, and we'll punt to next year. That's fine to me. Right. But to say he's going to come out there in four weeks, we're going to let him, let him take naps for four weeks, and he's going to come back out for the fifth week and magically be good Joe Burrow, that's not what's going to happen. And if you say you're going to bench Joe Burrow because of risk of injury, I want Jamar Chase benched, I want T. Higgins benched, I want the whole roster benched, and might as well cancel the sport because that's what football is. It's filled with injuries. It's filled with risk. That's part of the job. That's what, you, that's what you're getting paid $275 million for. That's what you get paid $219 million guaranteed for. That's what Joe Burrow's getting paid for. So if you're going to sit out here, if you're going to come out here and say that he should be benched for four games and then play when the Bengals are dead, it just doesn't make sense to me. It just, it, you, the logic is flawed. The assumption that you're dead in four weeks because Joe Burrow doesn't play, I guess, Correct. is where we dif where, is where we disagree. Yeah, it is. Uh, really quickly, grade, a grade two strain where several, there's several torn muscle fibers uh, and which, which uh, leads to bleeding, can cause and leave a bruise and noticeable swelling and also a noticeable, noticeable uh, loss of strength and range of motion. People with a grade two strain generally require three to six weeks to completely heal and return, return to full normal activity. Grade three strain is six to 12 months. So is he going to play on a grade three strain all this year or has he got a grade two strain? Also, a grade three strain, to be clear, is a torn, a completely torn calf muscle. I don't think he's playing on that. So we're going to say that a normal average person without any kind of healing can return to full strength within three to six weeks. And we want to sit here and act like no matter what he does, he can't get back to full health. Maybe just maybe so he, had he had five, a, he already had five weeks. He already, he already, had, weeks. He sat, he already five, had, sat around for five weeks and he, did, and he re aggravated it. So, so that's where this is just automatically an automatic assumption that since he sat around for five weeks before doing nothing, he didn't do nothing. He didn't practice. He did nothing didn't at practice. all. And then all of a sudden he completely re-injured it right when he came back. That's the, that's the excuse we're going to use to make sure that he doesn't play. That's fine. You've lost me. We're not going to agree on this topic because I'm a person, for whatever reason, it almost feels like I'm the one more concerned about your franchise quarterback long-term health situation than many are. And what? that's fine. I get it. You guys are fans. You're dead set on this season. You love this season. You were Super Bowl favorites entering the year. All of that being said, I get the mindset that you guys have. I would just be think, I think from an outsider's perspective, it's wild to me to play a guy that's looked horrible for six of eight quarters, when in reality, he's not going to be the quarterback that you need him to be to win what you ultimately want in the first place. So I'm, I'm sitting him. And if that means I'm punting on the season, then I'm sorry. Well, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the whole thing is, is the, the idea of him sitting for five weeks, then come back and, and be 100%. It, it's, it's one foot in the door, one foot out the door. It's not a definitive decision. And that's what I don't like about it because it, it leaves so much ambiguity to the entire season. It's either we, we, we compete, we go after this season, Joe Burrow plays hurt all year long, which is probably the most likely scenario. Even if he comes back, if, if we do the rest, he, he might not come back 100%, or we just punt. It's definitive either way. The one in out the door, one in one in, in and out, that's just it doesn't do it for me. And it's the it's the worst decision out of the three. It is the worst decision out of the three. Uh, super chat from Mr. Mo. Thank you, Mr. Mo. He says the Bengals D forced two turnovers in the Browns and the offense couldn't cash it in. To say this defense has been worse than the offense is just false. They haven't been great, but they aren't the main issue. Listen, I think we all are on the same page with the Bengals. They've not played a full game of football. They've not been what 
many people expected them to be this year. They're 0-2. Clearly, Joe Burrow's health is is the, the top of the list of the concerns, but the defense is underneath that, I would think. We'll see. Tonight's a big tell, a telltale sign of what the, what the Bengals are going to do in general. They've been hush-hushed around the facility of whether or not Joe Burrow is going to play or not play. Joe Burrow's been hush-hush about it. Um, I don't know. I don't think my opinion's going to change one second because I think that, you know, you brought in A.J. McCarron. You obviously have Jake Browning for the game tonight. You can say whatever you want, but – I think it's a tall task it, with Joe it, Burrow to get to the postseason, and if he's not healthy, then it's a wor- then, then then essentially you here's, here's some okay, here's so, some breaking so, news so on Joe. Here's some breaking news on Joe. According to Diana Rossini, Joe yeah. Burrow is going through a workout this morning. There's uh, optimism he will play, and his status for tonight is trending in the right direction. Burrow is campaigning with coaches and the staff right at this moment. However, his status is still uncertain. So. And, 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 I, and by the way, and, and that one guy in the chat says it, um, yeah, the Bengals front office should have accounted to have a backup quarterback ready. And that's, and that's really the issue. Because to have Jake Browning be your backup quarterback in the National Football League is right. a joke. That's, that's where we're in this terrible position anyways, is because there is no confidence in, in Jake Browning. So if you go, if you go out there right now, and, or if you go out there in the, in, in the preseason and you sign somebody that has NFL experience, that, that has proven he can at least be a, a game manager in the National Football League, this isn't even a debate. Then I, then I can side with Trace, and I can be like, you know what? All right, we'll take our chances for a couple weeks with a guy who's played in the NFL. You can't do it with Jake Browning. You can't do it. He's, if, if, if Burrow can't go tonight, it will be Jake Browning, and they will lose the game. Can they win? Sure. You saw what happened with the Cardinals yesterday. It's the National Football League. It's why it's the best league in, in, in the NFL. You saw the Colts. Gardner Minshew beat the Ravens in, in Baltimore yesterday. So it is possible, but it's not possible with Jake Browning. Fair enough. Let's do a chat poll question of the day. I'll go around the room and get your guys' opinion on this. This is the main question I have because I don't want Monday morning quarterbacks. I guess it'll be a Tuesday morning quarterback come tomorrow. Would you sit Joe Burrow to protect him from himself? However you want to word this, Casey, I don't care. But would you sit Joe Burrow to protect him until he was cleared by doctors at quote, 100% strength to risk farther injuries, yes or no? So if he does get hurt, I don't want to hear people coming back in here tomorrow, the next day, a week after, two weeks after, and saying this is is all on the front office of the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't want to hear that. Now, clearly... One of two things might not be the same. If Joe Burrow is 100% healthy, is there risk of injury there? Of course there is. We all know that. But you're not going to convince me that right now, when he goes out there, his risk of injury isn't, I would use the term, significantly higher. Because I think it is. In the NFL, everybody has risk. It's, it's, you're going to get injured. It's just part of the game. That's fine. But the person that stands at the top of the Eiffel Tower that dangles over side of the, 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 the rail is, is, is a lot different in regards of what risk they're taking versus the guy standing at the bottom just standing on the ground. There's, sure. a, there's a different level of risk. You can use that excuse or use that all you want, but there's an inherited risk that is being taken right now by the Cincinnati Bengals by playing him. I'm just curious what the fan base thinks. It's a genuine question. This isn't – I'm just – genuine question. I want to know, are you willing to sacrifice the percentage chance of Joe Burrow's long-term health 
or do you not think it matters to play him now? I know your answer is yes because you've said that. But yeah, we already. I mean, we already right, said it. I, right. I, I'm, I'm willing. To, I'm willing to take so yes, risk yes. On Joe so Burrow. I personally, I think if he's going to get injured like significantly, it's not going to just be because of the calf. It's going to be because of other issues that's as well. Saying, that, 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 so I'm, I'm saying yes. I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you're, uh, if you're afraid of this injury for Joe Burrow, then any player who's ever played, who's felt something in his calf, any, any player who has a sore heel, whatever you want to say, he's got a bad elbow. It's just it, it, the injuries will never stop then. And then we'll just, we just don't play football anymore. So if, and again, if this was a serious injury, then yeah, we're not talking about that. And again, a calf issue, I'm not going to downgrade a calf injury. But I'm saying this is a playable injury. You can play on this injury when you're a quarterback and you don't have to go sprint through guys every time. You're, you're in the pocket. You, you start in shotgun every single, every single down. There's a chance to play through this, and I think you play through it. If you don't, you're playing Jake Browning and you're punting on the season. No, I, I, we're all on the same page. We're all on the same page. We just have different opinions on how to get to, get to the spot that ultimately everyone would like this franchise to be. And like, like, just, like. Also, it's worth it's, it's, it's worth mentioning. Like, like Joe is because of our offensive line. He's, I mean, when when he came to this team, everyone just keeps saying, "You're going to ruin this guy. You're going to ruin this guy because we haven't been able to protect him." So every time that Joe Burrow goes out there, we we throw caution to the wind on Correct. him getting an injury. We do. I mean, he's been sacked. I'm looking at this right now. He's been sacked. I feel like you're making your argument for me. 130 times over the past two years. That's a good case for me. Joe Burton, Patrick What's Mahomes been, been like. Okay, so if Patrick Mahomes plays on an injury and they know that they can schematically run 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 a system that allows him to get the ball out quick and he's not going to get hit a lot, so be it. Do the Bengals? Can the Bengals do that? Have the Bengals proved in the last two or three seasons that they can do that with Joe Burrow? No. Their last couple games. Yeah, and that's going really well for you. When you when you when you play in this league, there is a risk factor. Tua Tagovailoa. Is if he walks under a walnut tree and he gets struck by a walnut, his season's done. So that that's that's the point. Do you risk your your and that's way more serious. We're talking about like your future of life, your quality of life in thirty years down the now, road. For see, two. that's where you lose me because no, the, but that's that, your argument. No, it's that's not, your argument. It no, is. No, it's not. That's where you lose me because the difference between what you're saying and I'm saying is, is I'm talking about a franchise. I'm not talking about the human being himself. Now we would all like to say morally, we all care about the same things. But the truth is, is that if you guys' backup cornerback goes out there and, and, and blows his ACL out, you won't give a damn as much as you would if Joe Burrow gets his MCL bullet. Why? Because you don't care about the person as much as you care about the franchise and what they can do for your franchise. Joe Burrow, right, in and of himself, means more to the Cincinnati Bengals than Tua ever will with the Dolphins. Now, I get you can say that Tua is an MVP quarterback and all that, but they didn't just guarantee Tua, Tua, uh, Tua Tungaloa $219 guaranteed million dollars. No matter if he plays another down or not for the Cincinnati Bengals, if he goes out tonight and something happens to Joe Burrow and he never plays one single snap for the next 20 years for the Cincinnati Bengals, he gets $219 million from the people down there at Paycor Stadium. If you don't want to factor that into the, into the decision-making process around here, go ahead. But you're being naive about that. I, I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what we're talking about now because... Well, Tua's it, health is one thing, but Tua to the franchise of the Dolphins isn't the whole entire franchise. If Tua, like you said, has a major injury, which we all don't want to have happen, but if he did, their franchise isn't strapped for cash for the next 10 years because they paid him $219 guaranteed million. That's what I'm talking about. 
Okay. It's not apples to apples is what I'm getting at. Okay, and that's fine. But I, I, I'll i say this. If you're paying a guy $219 million, I'd say you want to get your money's worth too. So it goes back the other way. Right, yeah, that's that's the other thing is, is I mean, we're, we're – Reed said it earlier. Yeah, if, if you punt on this year, and that and that's what we're doing. If, if, if we're if the, the plan is to to rest Joe Burrow to full health, and, and that maybe that has some validity, but you're losing 17% of your investment right away. You're losing 17%. And to your analogy right earlier, which I thought was a good point, just a, if yeah. you get a 30-year mortgage, though, Reed, and you sell your house within 20 years, like if you live in that house for 20 years and you get a 30-year mortgage, guess what? You paid a lot of interest on the front end of that mortgage, and when you sell your house, inevitably you lost money because you didn't live in it the rest of your life. Sometimes selling your house and moving, though, is worth it in the long run because of the quality of life and just the overall picture of where, of where you want to be. And I think... And I get why everyone's like this. And you know what? I could be wrong too. It did, we're all spewing opinions for the most part. I don't make it sound like, oh, Trace is all, you know, I, I, yes, I get passionate and I say things that are opinionated and I, and I say them as fact because in my mind they're fact. I just think it's, it's very short-sighted to sign a guy for $219 million and think that this game tonight is life or death for the overall franchise. And yes, you could say that I'm overreacting because I think that going out there tonight, maybe he has the same risk of injury as he always had, but I just think categorically, statistically, and, and, and basically objectively, that is false. That is false. He's going out there hurt with a, with a line that you guys don't think that, he can, that, that can protect him all that well anyways, and you're risking farther injury to a guy that has good escapability when healthy. Good escapability when healthy. And in fact, I would argue that's one of the that's one of the best things about Joe Burrow. That's why he is elite, is because he can escape the pocket and he can make just a quick little move, a quick little move to get out of a, a rusher's way and make a throw. And if he can't do that, then all you have is the mirage that is the name back there. You don't have the real Joe Burrow. We'll see tonight. That's the beautiful thing. If he plays and he plays really, really well, then I'll, 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 I'll take a step back and say, you know what? Maybe I was wrong on Joe. Maybe he can play to a Super Bowl level, a caliber level with this injury. But the first eight quarters of football I've seen out of him, I just can't come to that conclusion. So, so just like you did to us and you made us put a definite stance, definite flag in the ground, in the yes. sand, and say that we are willing to risk Joe Burrow's um, further injury, not farther injury, but further injury further, further. for this season so that we can compete for this season. I'm going to ask you to do the same and say that you are of the opinion that they should sit Joe Burrow and essentially give up on this year for future Joe Burrow. I, I believe, and maybe this is where you could say that I'm wrong in thinking this, and this is where we do have a fundamental disagreement on the whole thing. Right, this is what I'm trying to get to. Is that I do believe that if I read that a, that a grade two strain, which is maybe he has a grade one, but let's just say he has a grade two. He definitely doesn't have a grade three. Grade three is when it's completely torn. If he has a grade two strain, which is what he has, and it says that a normal human being can, can, can fully recover in three to six weeks, I'm willing to sit him six weeks and know that I'm getting the old Joe Burrow back. And on top of that, I'm also then eliminating the opportunity of being on the Tuesday quarterback of someone coming in and telling me that I risk the entire future of the franchise and I let my quarterback go out there and get hurt when he wasn't fully healthy to begin with. 
Yes, I am. Okay. And I'm also willing to say that I think that the Bengals should be able to. Now, you could say this is where I also will also fundamentally disagree. Should be able to win some football games without Joe Burrow if you got a Super Bowl team. Yeah, so I just looked at the uh, Sports Illustrated rankings of all backup quarterbacks in the National Football League for 2023. Bengals yeah. ranked 28th. Yep. And they didn't even acknowledge that Browning existed. It was Trevor Simeon is ranked 28th. So that's how bad Jake Browning is, that he's, uh, he's not even relevant enough to be the backup quarterback. That's fine. And Sports and, Illustrated also said that the Cincinnati Reds were going to lose 100 games this year. And, the, Trace, the, the fundamental disagreement, I'm, I'm trying to get back to, to, to what our fundamental disagreement is. You don't think that he'll be healthy, period. I do. Well, I don't think – I, I think that it is uh, – we are essentially doing what the, the Raiders coach did last night. And we're, we're asking for a lot of things to go the right way. We're asking not only for Joe Burrow to be 100% healthy, which from everything that we've heard seems unlikely, seems that it is likely that he re-aggravates it at some point over the last two, or over the, the final half of the season. And then secondarily, you're asking for Jake Browning to win a majority of the next five football games that they play, who are against no slouches, the Rams, the Titans, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. You're asking him to keep the Bengals afloat over the next six weeks. And I just don't think that those two things. So once again, I'm asking you to put yourself in a camp. Are you, and it seems like you are pushing yourself towards Joe Burrow should sit out this year. Should We should punt on this year. No, I think you can win the next two or three games uh, I, without him. And I, and I think that there's a fundamental disagreement here and that there is no third option. The options are play Joe Burrow hurt because that's where we're at right now. We started 0-2. I wish we could go back and, and play Jake Browning for the first two weeks and start 0-2 regardless and give Joe Burrow two, two extra weeks of rest, but we can't because we didn't. So the options are play Joe Burrow banged up and take your chances or punt on the year. And you keep wanting to put yourself in a third camp, and that third camp I don't think exists. Well, you, that's your opinion. You don't think it exists because you don't believe that the Cincinnati Bengals can win games without I Joe Burrow as their quarterback against I mean, the, best against, case listen, scenario, listen, against Jake Browning's college stats. Can I just say something? Jake Browning's college stats are horrible, by the way. It's, it's against the Rams, the Titans. Let me, let me pull up the Titans real fast. Titans just, are bad. Just, just, just really fast because everyone's so worried about the Titans, right? I'm not worried about the Titans. Uh, Titans, uh, they scored 15 points. 27 points, three points against the Browns. So we're really worried about the fact that you can't beat the Titans with a Super Bowl team without Joe Burrow. Let's go down the list really quickly. We'll do this exercise together. Then they play the Cardinals. All right. Who Josh Dobbs just beat the Cowboys. You're number one team. You're number one team. In the NFL. Cardinals lose to the Commanders. They lose to the Giants, and yeah, they beat the Cowboys. This is the NFL, which I guess, I guess, I guess, you could argue proves my point as well. Josh Dobbs <laughs> just beat the Cowboys, points. the best team in the NFL. Josh Dobbs, pretty bad at Tennessee as a quarterback. Not very good quarterback in college. What was the scores of those games? Uh, what, what are you asking? The, the, the oh, the how many, point, what, how many what points? What were the scores of those games? How many points did the Cardinals score? Mm -hmm. They scored 16 points, 28 points, 28 points. Hmm. Maybe they're underrated. Go to the Seahawks. What they're they underrated. They're one and two. What did the Seahawks do? They're one and two. What did the Seahawks do? 
I'm going to the Seahawks now. Seahawks are concerning. If you're if you're a Bengals fan and you're counting that Seahawks game as a as a like an easy win, wrong. Pe- people wrong. People, I don't like I don't like Geno Smith. Seahawks. Geno Smith's going to beat this Bengals team. All by four 20. of these teams are good teams, and it's the easiest part of the schedule. We play a damn tough schedule, guys. We do, and everyone's saying I'm talking in circles. I'm talking in circles. But the the, the point of what I'm trying to say, if you guys haven't seen this yet, is that. Asking Jake Brownie to keep this season afloat over the next five games where we play the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Titans, the Cardinals, and the Rams seems impossible to me. It seems impossible to me. Because you got to win at least three out of the next five games to keep it afloat. And then we're looking at, what, three and four? They might it, get lucky winning one. Right. I, I, I don't even want to validate what we're talking about here. If Joe Burrow, if we sit out Joe Burrow to give him the much-needed the, the, the rest that he needs to get to 100%, then I think that it is punting on the season because I don't think Jake Browning can keep this team afloat. You guys want to do a hypothetical here as we uh, we can talk about some other subjects around uh, around sports as well because I'm sure that many of you maybe are tired of us sitting here screaming and yelling and we're, we're just fundamentally not going to agree. Jake Browning has thrown over 20 touchdowns you, in college. You guys want to have fun with this? One time. If Jake Browning, oh, let's just say if Joe Burrow doesn't play, if Joe Burrow doesn't play the next four weeks and they win two games, do you buy that or sell that? Based off of what I've seen, based off of what I've seen from the Cincinnati Bengals this year, no, I, 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 right. I'm selling that Jake Browning can't win, can't win three of the next five games. I would argue Jake Browning wins zero games. For someone that watched all preseason, unlike you, who says preseason doesn't matter. And it doesn't. They're not going to win. It doesn't they're not. They're not going to win with him. Two and four does keep the team a little afloat, <laughs> barely. I don't think it does. Because yeah, I mean yeah, I mean after like the two, bi- and f- at two and four gets to do the bye, and then you and then play the play two the- toughest teams in the yeah. schedule. So. Right, 49ers, Bills, then you get a Texans team, then you go to at Baltimore, then you play Steelers, Jacksonville, Colts, Vikings, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Browns, and round out the season. It's a very tough schedule, and that's I guess I guess that's the crux of what I'm saying is is if Joe Burrow is rested if we sit joe burrow the season's over so the options are in in these are like i said it's one foot in one foot out if you if you say you want to rest joe burrow you're you have two options you have two options at this point in the season you take your chances with joe burrow hurt or you sit him and you try for next year those are the two options there is no third option If Joe Burrow doesn't play and the Bengals win three of their next four games, I don't think you guys should 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 get to even like watch the Bengals in the postseason. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take that. I'll take it. I mean, it, 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 it's crazy to me how Jake Browning wins three games. Yeah, I I'll, yep. Book me down as the under. Would you be willing to risk that if someone said that? Now I know I I, I yeah get I'll that do it right now. Life, I'll do saying. it right now. Bengals win three of the next four without Joe Burrow. You, you, you're willing to yeah, – let me ask you I'll say this. Okay, let's make a – we'll make a deal. If it's, we'll no, make no, a deal. No, no. We'll make a deal. We'll if make a deal. If it's Jake Browning, they're not winning three games. If you, if you give me McCarron, it's a different story. Jake Browning, no. So is your, is your question McCarron or is your question Brown? I'm saying if Joe Burrow doesn't play, I don't care how it goes. I mean, Jake Browning's probably going to play tonight if he doesn't play, obviously. But even if it's A.J. McCarron, it doesn't matter. My point still stands. I'm willing to sit Joe then Burrow no, for as long as it is. Then no, I'm out. I'm out of the hypothetical. Then so now you're you don't, it, now, you, now you're back into trusting the fact that Bengals could get by until the bye week. After the bye week, 
Trace, Trevor. I've always been under the, the belief that they can get by if they had a competent backup quarterback. The issue is we don't. Jake Browning was yeah, a reason Jake Browning's a bad college quarterback, and the fact that he's in the NFL, I don't even know how that's possible. If I'm gonna be honest with you, he had one good season in college. He had one really good season in college. The rest of his seasons were mediocre. I, he shouldn't be in the NFL. I don't know how he's lasted five years circulating around the league. I'm gonna bring back Logan Woodside from Toledo. There's a reason it's, that we've had five different quarterbacks come into this QB room since the start of the preseason. You want to hear five something different wild? quarterbacks. I think that if uh, Jake Browning plays tonight, the Bengals are no more than a two-and-a-half-point dog, three-point dog. <laughs> That's it. So, if, if, if that means that if Jake Browning plays, just forget it. So be it. But I guess, I guess you all could get really, really wealthy if Jake Browning plays because then you could just put as much money as you humanly possibly could on the Bengals tonight uh, or on the Rams tonight money line, which I would suggest doing that because it'll probably be like, Plus one, uh, I actually be minus one twenty five, one one forty. I got Rams plus six and a half on Sunday at yeah, even money. Now it's one, it's a one point spread, I think. So shout out to me. It's a one point spread. Sharp, sharp gambler. We'll see if that works out for you because you'll probably end up losing that. Uh, let's let's shift let's let's shift this away from the Burrow conversation. Yes, please. Who on this who on this team right now tonight needs to have the best game of their life? Who needs to show out tonight for the Bengals to win this game? Are there any players specifically? I mean, for me, Zach it's Joe Taylor. Mixon. For me, it's one player. His name is Joe. Joe Mixon. If Joe Mixon goes out there, he gives me 25, 30 carries for 200 yards, Bengals win this game. Bengals need, Bengals need Joe Mixon more than they've ever needed anybody in their entire life. That's a fact. Defensively, defensively, I think the, the – Linebackers got to play better. Yeah. The, the Rams are flawed. They're missing Cooper Cup. They're missing their, their best guys. They traded Cam Akers away. So we got, I think his name is Kyron. Kyron? Kyron, yeah. Kyron Williams or something. And then you have Puka Nuka, who is Puka Nukua, who might be the best receiver in the NFL. But I, it's, a flawed, it's a flawed offensive Rams team. I think the Bengals theoretically could win if you control the entire clock and you don't let Jake Browning touch the football. I would say, I would say that – in, in light of Joe Mixonine, have a good game. I'm going to say that the interior offensive line, they need to have a better game. I mean, they, they need to play a bit better. Defensively, I really want our secondary to just ball out. They need to, they need to be able to, to be able to ball out tonight. They have if to they limit, can't, they have if they to limit can't, Puka. They have to. If they can't limit what Matthew Stafford can do with Puka and Tutu Atwell, we're going to be in for a long night regardless. So... Get to the those quarterback. Two, get to the quarterback. Two. Is Puka uh, going to play? He's, he's questionable. questionable, but he, I, he played last week on the questionable tag too, so I think he'll play. And if you don't, if they don't have Puka, then there's legitimately a chance because other than Tutu Atwell, I don't know what the hell they've got. Tyler Higby's had a mediocre season. That he's kind of shifted away from the pass catching role. It looks like so. We'll see. I, I think if if the Bengals are able to control this game and they win ugly, they win this game 13 to 7, 13 10. That's fine. But the, and that's what it looks like without Joe Burrow. I'm, this is an extreme example right now. So, you're, so, we're, so we're debating this as if Joe Burrow's officially not playing, even though there's a, a chance that he does. Bengals can win this game. You just got you got to have the right plays. And if 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 Zach Taylor and the offensive coordinator continues to act like Joe Burrow is there, and we're throwing it 40 times with Jake Browning, and that just won't happen. There should be there should be concerns about Zach Taylor. <laughs> But we'll see. I'm, I, there's, there's optimism still that you can win this game. Uh, just win it ugly, win it gross, 
But there has to be a long-term plan in place. This can't be a bench Joe Burrow for two weeks and hope it pray and gets better for a week and a half. So let's see. We'll see what we can do. I mean, I, I, uh, outside of Joe Burrow, because obviously we don't want to keep talking about him, which I think he's the main, the main point. If he plays, he's got to play better than he has. Um, we'll see if he does. I mean, Irv Smith Jr., not playing tonight. Um, I think it has to be the probably the uh, the defensive line, in my opinion. At some point, this 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 Bengals defense is, uh, and, and they've already forced some turnovers. To be fair to them, but I think that uh, the reason that the Cincinnati Bengals, in my opinion, have been very 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 good the past couple of years is because, like it or not, their defense has been pretty good, and they need to be pretty good tonight to give their offense a chance. Their offense. Again, to be clear, if, if Joe Burrow is healthy and, and they can find a way to get it clicking again, uh, I, it's possible. I just don't think it's likely. I, I hate to say that, but I just don't think it's likely that this offense, the way in which Joe Burrow has been of late, is going to, is going to play extremely well. Uh, and by extremely well, I'm talking 35 points. We'll see, again, hopefully the defense. If the defense can keep them 24 or less, Yes. Then I think that the, the Bengals can win no matter who's playing at quarterback. I know that sounds crazy, but I think that they could schematically get themselves to 28 points. Reed said it last week. How many times did we touch Lamar Jackson last week? Maybe it was Casey. One of you guys said it. Zero. Zero times they touched Lamar Jackson. So if, if you have a chance, you're going to have, like like Trace just said, D-line defense it has to show up. you gotta get you got to get to the quarterback. And to be fair, I mean, Lamar Jackson's elite athletically. Correct. So that's, that, this Matt Stafford is not, going to be, is not going to be doing the things that Lamar Jackson does. Right. So you, you, you have a chance to get to Stafford. They right. had some plays it's, wiped away, too. I just, I just looked this up, and you were Casey. asking about who needs to play better, and it's, it's the defense as a, as a unit. I mean, everyone, and I, I've brought this point up before, everyone wants to bash the offense for how terrible they've looked through the first two games and that's fair and I, I said everyone talks about how bad the, the offense was for the first six quarters in the last eight quarters of football the defense has forced the opponent to punt three times three times so I mean the defense has to play better that that's that's the reason that the Bengals lost last week that's the reason that the Bengals lost last week is because the defense never got off the field we had all the momentum in the world. The offense had three possessions in the first half, and one of them led to points. The first two possessions were terrible. Yeah, three and outs. But after that, the offense looked great. They had seven possessions last week. Seven possessions. They got in the red zone on, three, on five of them. The defense has to play better. It simply has to. Because for the past six quarters, it has looked terrible. And Mark Fetters brings up a, a decent point, and I don't disagree with it. Zach Taylor has the keys to a Ferrari, but he doesn't know how to drive it. Right. I do think that is – I do think that's valid. I think, I think Zach Taylor is in a little bit over his head right now. I th again, he, he's been a part of changing the culture of, of, of the Cincinnati Bengals. But at the same time, what happens for the past four seasons happens – you can't start out 0-2, 0-2, 0-2, 1-1. You have to start out strong eventually. It just hasn't happened under Zach. Game playing, uh, game plan, play calling has been bad. I'd argue, it's been bad, especially this season. It's got to change. I hope that I hope they're ready to go without Burrow. If there's a contingency plan without Burrow, I hope they have it, and I hope they're ready to roll tonight because Zach Taylor is. I mean, if 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 they, if they just tank out this year, I'm not going to say Zach Taylor will lose his job because the Bengals have openly been against that throughout their entire franchise. Coaches will get a longer leash than anybody other anybody else in, in the NFL. 
But Zach Taylor will be will be just destroyed. Harder than David Bell ever has been if they're not able to figure something out this season. Game, play calling has to be better. Has to be. Go ahead and go ahead and look at Joe Burrow's college stats as well. And look how he did through the first few weeks. If there's anything that, that Joe Burrow has shown us, it's that he hasn't been much of a starter for any season in his career. I mean, there's something to that. It might be a slow starter, and maybe that's part of it. The other part of it may be that he took some time and it finally got himself back to where he was in playing shape and he was healthy. Because as you guys have pointed out thousands of times, he's not had a preseason where he's been healthy or it's been a normal preseason. So we'll see. I mean, tonight's a big decision for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll see what they ultimately end up doing. I think there's probably mixed, mixed emotions, uh, if I had to guess, down at Paycor. Um, and for all accounts, hopefully nothing crazy happens because that would probably tear a front office to pieces if people are on both sides of the aisle that we've been on and something did happen because then like it or not, whether it's because of a previous injury or not because of previous injury, then, then, then it turns into a huge, huge, huge disagreement and argument, something that I don't know if it would be reconcilable or not, but it would be a tough, tough situation down at Paycor if for whatever reason Joe Burrow has anything that uh, he re-injures it again or something happens to where, um, heaven forbid, something happens to Joe. So hopefully that genuinely just doesn't happen. We don't have to worry about it. And if he can play on this injury all year long and be productive, then then, then that's the case that you guys have made um, tooth and nail. And like I said before, we'll just if, uh, we'll see what happens if with the it. If the Bengals lose tonight, and I think I'm really the only fan that loves both of these franchises, like pretty – I mean, I, I, I they make jokes that I don't like the Bengals. I love the I, Bengals. I understand. I love the Cincinnati Reds. If the Bengals lose tonight, and then the red season is obviously over already now, what am I here for? For them? I mean, I, I am. I'm going to be in a bad way. I'm just going to be in a bad way. I'm going to be in, in one of the worst ways I've ever. Coming into this season, thinking the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl, and I genuinely believe that. I thought they. I thought it was going to work this year. I thought everything was going to click. If they, if they're, if they're zero and three. Burrow's on the IL for four weeks, which is what Dove Kleiman said yesterday. He said he, there's a chance that he goes on the IL. If that happens, I'm dead. I'm a dead person. UC basketball, they're gonna get. They're, I mean, they're gonna get destroyed this season. See, how can you say that? That's because our best player, because because the, the one of the a couple of our best players aren't able to get the, like the waiver from like the international stuff. I understand. So so you're missing. So you're missing stuff like that. You're playing in the biggest basketball conference uh, in the world. So that's 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 why. Uh, college football, they just lost to Miami of Ohio, and it looks like Emory Jones can't play football uh, as you just saw on Saturday against Oklahoma. Terrible. So I'm in a bad way. I'm not going to lie. I'm in a pretty bad way. I have nothing and nothing if, if the Bengals lose tonight. So this is do I don't know if I'm going to the game yet tonight. I don't, I don't know if there's a plan for that yet. Uh, if I do go and they lose tonight, I'll just, I'm, I might just sleep there. I might stay there, and we'll just, they'll have to pick up my dead corpse because I don't know what I'll have. Can we agree that this has been – that Bengals fans are already so wounded from the way that this season has started that this has been the least hyped um, primetime game in the Joe Burrow era? Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. I mean, it's at, pay, it's at Paul Brown Paycor Stadium. And, I mean, did anyone talk about it before today? Did anybody get really excited about it? Did, I mean – I wake up and I blare, I blare welcome to the jungle every time that the Bengals play. That's, that's a true story. My wife hates it. I, I wake up, first thing I do, I send it to every group chat I'm in, and I play it in bed on my phone as loud as I can. And today, it, I, didn't even, I didn't even feel the need to do that. I did it, 
but it was about 15 minutes after I woke up. Wasn't incredibly excited for tonight's game. And it's just because we're, we're wounded. We're wounded as a franchise because we know how bleak things seem. We know how bleak things seem. We gambled. We, we, we put all of our chips on the table. We're, we're at the blackjack table. We're at the craps table, the roulette, whatever table that you gamble at. I don't give a damn. And we gambled for the first two weeks. And we lost big time. And now we're basically sitting there knowing we're going home, knowing the wife's going to look at the bank statements and they're going to be pissed. And we're, tr and we're trying our best. We're trying our best to, to, to make what we have left. Do That's you, what it feels like. Do you think that the, the, do you think that the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, in a way, got a little too high on their horse and thinking that they could let some of these guys walk without paying them the money that they felt like they deserved, maybe, maybe for good or bad, for better or worse? Do you think, you know, as much as you guys want to sit here and say that that doesn't matter who the tight end is, throw anybody out there, Joe Burrow will make them look like, you know, whoever. But, you know, you had a guy last year that was pretty damn good. You let him walk. You pick up Irv Smith Jr., you act like that's going to fix everything. Next thing you know, it doesn't look like that's the case. Um, I get Samaj P. Ryan, probably not as big of a deal. I don't want to make that. But, again, that's another guy that walks. Bates walks. Um... Clearly, the, his name's escaping me. The other safety, the other safety, Bell, I think, Von right? Bell. Yeah. Von Bell. Uh, Von Bell, Bell walks. Do you think that maybe, just maybe, and I'm not, this is a genuine question, that the Bengals got to a point where they were like, you know what, it doesn't matter. We got, we got, we got a quarterback. Whether that's true or not, it doesn't matter. But they let themselves get into this position where it started to be, let's just worry about the core of the offense, and we'll get, they brought Pratt back, to be fair, Logan Wilson, yes. Hendrickson, yes. All of this. But they just assumed that everything was going to be all well because number nine was back there when in reality that might not be the case. Well, I mean, listen, the Bengals, I think, had a, actually an incredible game plan for, for this inevitability that is losing those key pieces in the, in the safety. Listen, they, they put their – if we're talking about the tight end position, that's Joe Burrow's fourth target. We're talking about Samaje Piran. We're talking about a backup running back, and you already know my opinion on running back. So I, the Samaje Piran thinks nothing. I mean, maybe Hayden Hurst has some legs to it, but they, they went out and got Hayden Hurst after we thought the world was going to end when C.J. Uzama left. It's, it's Joe Burrow's fourth target. The offensive side of things is what it is. I mean, you can only have so much capital diversified amongst the, the, the tackle position, you know, improving the offensive line, which they tried to do. And as for the defensive side of the ball, what are we talking about here? We, we used our, our most valuable capital, capital, which is the draft. The first three rounds of the last two drafts have been exclusively for defensive units going ahead and drafting ahead. We knew that we were going to lose Jesse Bates and Von Bell more than likely, so we went out and got Dax Hill in the first round last year. And then they only did only you know cemented the secondary with more draft picks, and, and you got to hit on those, right? But the Bengals looked at it and said, listen, there's two, there's two forms of capital going forward. That is our money. That is our draft picks. We'll use our money to get the long-term pieces like, like free agents, like Joe Burrow, and like the elite receivers we have. And then we'll go for the draft and, and try to sure up the defense through the draft. Oh, yeah, and we'll go ahead and give Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and Trey Hendrickson extensions as well. Yeah, I mean, if any of the – if they're regretting any of the decisions, it's probably the Hayden Hurst one. But that's so – it's just because of the position they're in now. I mean, they they got to run the football, and you don't got a tight end that can really do block, right. block and, and receive. So I kind of – I can see the point there. But the defense in, in the secondary, that's truly been the, the best part of that unit currently right. is the secondary. 
Now, they haven't played teams that are super pass-heavy. I mean, I guess they did um, give up one big, big throw. But, I mean, that, to me, I'm not blaming the secondary on that one as much as I am just, you know, the, the defense got played. I mean, I, they, they had been dinked and dunked all day against the Ravens. But in terms of this draft, I'm not ready to say that they've had any slam dunks yet. I mean – the first round pick, I mean, it, they needed some guy. They obviously needed a guy to come in and bring value. Miles Murphy's not done that. They had options right. like Dewan Jones, Sam Laporta out there. Sam Laporta looks like a top five tight end right now in the NFL. That really stinks because he's blocking and receiving. Um, and we already know how I feel about Dewan Jones. But it just – right now the Bengals, as a roster, I think they're good. I mean, they, right. they, they are – Super Bowl worthy. I'm not concerned about the guys that they let go and walk. I think it's more just it only functions appropriately when number nine's back there. I, that's I, that's the I problem. I feel like fans. I feel like fans think that the Bengals didn't have a plan in place. I feel like they're just kind of coasting through these the, these this draft and in this roster buildup. Yeah. They very much had a plan in place they, and they've stuck to it. Yeah, they've had some gambles go the wrong way, but all in all, I mean. The safety position seems like it's fine, right? That which and, was the biggest concern. And if people want to talk about the Bengals not getting a tight end at the draft, because I know a lot of people wanted the Bengals to draft a tight end early on. I mean, the the name that got thrown around a lot was Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer has, hasn't even started for the Raiders. He's he's caught one pass through three games. Yeah, he's not he's not been good. But who said his draft score was bad? I don't know. Elliot, uh, I was just going to say the safety position in general in the NFL. It's probably the second most valueless. I mean, in terms of getting paid, it's it's the, it's, it's, right, the it's least, right it's right behind running back. Probably, it's the least valuable position on the defensive unit. Correct. So I, I think there was never an option to sign Von Bell. If you want to say you could have signed Eli Apple, I would have said maybe. I, I the half Cincinnati hated Eli Apple. Half the city loved him. I was on the side that liked. He's doing Eli great Apple. Miami right now. What? Yeah, he's doing Eli great Apple. Miami. Right. So yeah. I I think I and I think Lou Anarumo said it before. If you, we can't lose all of the guys in the secondary, unfortunately, they did. But I think, like Casey said, up until this point, there's been no reason to believe that they, the, the guys we have now are unable to compete at a high NFL level. Right. So. Oh, the, the defensive unit, let, let's, let's break this down. So I, I'm not worried about the fourth option for, for Joe Burrow on the offensive side. I'm not worried about the backup running back and losing Samaje Piran. I was a little worried about the, the secondary and the safety positions. And through two games, the safe, as Casey said, the safety, I mean, the secondary has been the highlight. The players that haven't performed are the pass rushers and the linebackers. Casey, what was that stat you threw out about Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson? They're like bottom 10% in PFF's grades through two games. Uh, they they are oh, – wrong button. Uh, they are I – don't, I don't think – they are towards the bottom, yeah. They're like 72nd and 70th in terms of – and it's grades, but it – encapsulates how they've been performing and it's not been great. I mean, they're just not getting the, they're not filling holes quick enough, but that's, that goes first. It's the defensive line. That's just not performing well either. So you can't really blame all of it on the linebackers. The defensive line has to perform. It can't just be all on DJ reader. Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have to seal the, the edges in the Ravens game. If they do that, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, it, Regardless, the defense, the front seven has not played great. They got to play great today. They have to. Ooh. Kelsey Conway reports, Joe Burrow, three minutes ago, 
Joe Burrow is feeling better, and barring a setback from now until kickoff, the Bengals quarterback is going to try and go for tonight for fun, Monday Night Football. All right, the then Rams. I'm all the way back. Then I, then, I, then I take it all back. Bengals are going to win tonight. Easy win. We're all the way back, Cincinnati. By the way, Trace's vote, the poll, would you sip Joe Burrow to protect himself from further injuries, not farther, further injuries? 57% say yes. They would bench Joe Burrow. I disagree, but to each their own. Like I said, I'm okay with benching Joe Burrow if, if, you're, if you're willing to admit that it is punting on the year. There's, I, think there's, I think there's some merit in that. I just don't think that there is merit in thinking that you can bench Joe Burrow for five weeks and we're still going to be around for this thing. I don't think that's a possibility. So to be clear, too, then, that you think Jamar Chase feels like they should punt on the year? No, Jamar Chase definitely does not feel that way. So why does he say that he wants Joe Burrow to sit and get healthy? Jamar Chase. No, I want to an answer. I want an answer out of Casey. Why would I mean, he say that? If, if yeah, I mean, if he, if you're telling me that that Joe that that Jamar Chase definitely doesn't feel that way, that he definitely doesn't want to punt on the season, but he has openly said that he wants Joe Burrow to sit until he's 100 percent healthy. Why would he say that? Well, he said he wanted him to sit, you know, five six weeks ago, and right, we didn't right. listen to him and. Now, now, saying, now you can't, now you can't do that. Now you can't do that. Do you think now, it's a little bit different you, when yeah. you're friends with the guy and you have a personal relationship and you're concerned about his health? Yeah. Do you I think mean, that's a little bit different? I'm not going to I'm not going to speculate in the headspace of Jamar Chase. And I'm not – I'm also not going to deny that he, he, he believes he's him. And I do think he's him, but – Jamar Chase you're not, needs to play better. <laughs> Jamar right. Chase needs to play better? Yeah. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't think schemes have helped him. I don't no, think play yeah, calling has helped him. So there's that. By the way, uh, Trace, this is just a little fun chat, fun fact, stat check of the day. Yeah. Uh, Chris Vanell, he's a friend of, of the program. He's a friend of Chatterbox. Love that. Uh, when, when Trace said, what, is Devontae, what has Devontae Adams done since leaving Green Bay? Last year, his stats, he had over 100 catches, and he had 1,500 yards for the worst offense in the NFL. Yeah, worst offense in the NFL. He's it's a big deal. He had 1,500 yards. That's fine. He's, he's, for a he's, quarterback he, that he, couldn't play. And he's on the worst offense in the NFL. 1,500 yards. He's on the worst offense. Devontae Adams, bad receiver. You heard it here from first. I didn't say he was a bad receiver. I just think that 1,500 yards is bad. Ultimately, it's... What have you done? What have you done for me lately? 1,500 yards. That's fine. I, maybe I was wrong on that single thing. I'll tell you what I'm not wrong on. I've not been wrong on a lot of things that I've said on this show. And it's mostly comes from a, uh, a, a perspective that is outside the realm of, of, of thinking through the multitude, multiple scenarios of what can happen and what's most probable. If Joe Burrow goes out tonight and shreds the Rams up, I'll say I'm wrong. But until he's healthy, I don't think he's the guy that can lead this team anywhere other than just a marginal, average football team. At least that's what he's proved the first two weeks. We'll see if he's capable tonight. we got to make our picks for tonight. I know where you guys are probably going. Uh, with the news that, that, that Joe Burrow is going to play, uh, I don't know if the line's going to move or change at all. I don't know what it currently sits at one on and the Betfred Sportsbook. One and a half is what it was at before that. So one and a half points. It's at three now. It's minus three. So it's moved two points. That's the, that's, that's the Joe Burrow effect. Uh, we'll go around the room. You want to use minus one or minus three? I, I, I don't care. 
play? What, 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 Elliot, make a decision. Me personally, I'm going to take uh, minus. You, if, if you're going to say the Bengals can win by one, they can win by three. So I'm going to say they're going to win by three. But the, tonight, everybody right now, you go to Bedford Sportsbook, perhaps the greatest sportsbook known to man, and you take the Zebra Zillionaires parlay. All right? You take it. It's Joe Mixon to score a touchdown and the Bengals over two and a half first quarter points. If there's a chance that the Bengals win tonight, it has to be starting out early. has to be. You have to come out hot. Over two and a half points, first quarter, mortal lock. Yeah, I feel like they got to get more than two and a half points in the first quarter. So. I agree, Casey. I think that's a mortal lock. So that's my pick. That's my pick of the day. I agree. I'm Casey, Bengals win by three? Went by three, yeah. I All think right. if, they, if they're going to win by one, they're going to win by three. Do we? Oh, okay, here's a good one. Bengals over 21.5 total points tonight. Over. They have to. Over. Over. God, I mean, my, my heart doesn't, doesn't even want to give a pick on this because it's just it's, – it's my poor little heart can't handle it. That's where we are. Bengals. Tonight. All right, so to be clear, you, we got uh, – I, I – the line's three. Yep. Started at six. Joe Burrow News moved it down to three. Then it got all the way down to one. Now Joe Burrow News has come back that he probably Joe will Burrow's play. playing tonight. And it moved up a point and a half in the last three minutes. Um, I, I, think I'll, I think I'll take the Bengals. So everybody's in the Bengals. I changed my pick. I'm going to go to the Rams plus three. <laughs> nice. Which means that's bad news for everybody. I'm not going to lie. That's bad news for the entire city. What just happened there? Trace really could have helped the city out taking the Rams, but he took the Bengals, forcing me to pick the Rams. Tough. Tough. If Jake Browning plays, maybe. The guy might take the Bengals. Because I think that everybody has been so ridiculously on one side of that aisle. That it's a little, it's 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 beyond disrespectful to Jake Browning. This is to, to to act like you can't take a Super Bowl caliber roster and win with him against the Rams, the Cardinals, Seahawks are a good team, yeah. But five years, no snaps. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I mean, like we're talking doesn't about guys that watched the watched him play. Pre, pre, you're coming, you haven't seen him play a single snap, and you're saying he's fine. And everyone that has watched him play, literally everyone that has watched him play, is saying he's terrible. So bad that the proposition of him having to play, the Bengals brought in three more quarterbacks. They well, got a guy from the freaking XFL, USFL, the BFTL, QBR, Arby's. <laughs> A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron walked in the clubhouse, and Tyler Boyd literally said, I think I see a ghost. The only person that's excited about A.J. McCarron being back on the team is Brent Musburger. That's fair. I, I, I get the concept of what everybody's telling me about how bad Jake Browning is. I just think it's funny that it's questionable whether or not he plays. And the, in, in, uh, the line went from six down to, down to one. He's so bad that it was worth five points. I mean, he, he, he's literally – that's how bad he is, is. He was never – it was just the speculation that Joe Burrow might not play. If they announced – if they announce Jake Browning as the starter, I know we made this bet. Right. We won't get to see the Unfortunately, I would love to have seen it happen. We don't, if they would have announced it, I mean, it's also, I think it's a little different now that it's day of. Like, if it would have been, like, last Friday and they said Joe Burrow's out, um, Jake Browning's going to be the starter for the Bengals, I would have liked to see what the spread is. Me and, me and Trace bet, I said this, but through $25 that it would be around a touchdown 
that the Bengals would be underdogs. And we won't get to see it. And nobody's telling you that J- J- Jake Browning's been bad. He objectively has been bad. There's the first objectively of the day. He had an atrocious preseason. There's no disputing what everybody has an opinion on it. He played bad. He had one touchdown in the preseason, two picks. And he played every game. Would he be 14 for 31 for 82 yards bad? Quite possibly. Got it. And Sean Connor keeps throwing in the, have we seen him play with all the starters, Reed? I mean, also, it's worth mentioning he, he didn't play against starters. Works both ways, guys. Fair enough. We'll never get to the bottom end of this debate. Why? Because we ultimately don't get to see who's right and who's wrong. We'll find out if we get to do because they play tonight. We will. Uh, some of us, I think, will we'll, uh, be down there manning some Bedfred tents. Please, by all means, if you have the opportunity and you can bet responsibly, take the Zebra Zillionaires for, for Elliot's sake. He's a dead man walking. Hopefully that, hopefully that can find a way to win tonight. The Bengals can score more than, what, two and a half points in the first quarter? Two and a half. Two and a half points in the first quarter. So they just have to they got to get on the board in the first quarter. If the Bengals can get on the board in the first quarter and Joe Mixon can punch it in in any way possible, Zebra Zillionaires hits. I think it was plus 180. Plus, it was plus 180. It is now plus 210, I believe. That's correct. That is the Zebra Zillionaires on Bedfred Sportsbook. Please uh, take the Zebra Zillionaires if you have any faith. In the man himself, Zebra, Elliot Rearing. I feel like the show's As, got, I feel like the show's gotten really sad. I think we need to pep it up a little bit. Here, no, I, I mean, I, I, I think I, you want to do a slow clap. Can we do a slow, slow clap? clap? No, I think what do you need slow. to do to end this show. And uh, I won't participate largely because ultimately I don't think it's my place. But I think there's only one thing left to do on this show as we leave it. And I'll leave it with the cherry on top here in just once in just one second. Uh, but I do want to do the, the proclamation and or the disclaimer that if you do have a gambling problem, please call 100Gambler, 21 plus in Ohio. Shout out to Bedfred Sportsbook. They've been a loyal supporter of our of our small local company for, for from the very get-go, and we appreciate them. We'll be down there at their tents tonight. Uh, they usually have a... Uh, they usually have some boost, and they just so happen to have a boost tonight for, for Elliott. As a reminder, two and a half points over that in the first quarter, and then on top of that, a Joe Mixon touchdown tonight, and you will be a big-time winner. Uh, there's only really one way that I think that you guys should end this show. Singing unwritten? Um, no. I'd, I'd love to do that. Can we do that? I think, to Elliot's demise, that there's really only one way to get back on track on this show, and it's to do what you've done before. And that is to sing the Bengals growl. Can you guys muster that up for me one time in here or not? If you'll sing with is us. That, is that, is that going to happen? Do you know the words, Trace? I, I, I don't know the words, so I'll just sit here and, and take it all in. Someone want to pull it up on I there? Think, I, got, I, I, I think that you it'll can, be delayed I think on my you can go. I think you can go Elliot's back and forth. Words. He's got it. He's, he doesn't know the lyrics. Yeah, I do. But here's the deal. <laughs> we are very thankful for our sponsors of this show. And I know we didn't do the locals. I know we didn't do the locals at 11 because we got into some highly, highly Spirited. Spirited. Debate. Some would say argument. I don't know if it's that serious. But spirited debate. But just as a reminder, if you haven't, you should try Pawnee Water. Mm. Mm. And if you have any technology solutions that need to be captured in any way possible, you go to Encore. Mm. If you're going to bet, you bet with Betfred. Mm. And if you're going to wake up in the morning like you should... You should go to United Dairy Farmers. Some would say you should get coffee. I say you should get ice cream. 
Mm. Because you might need mm. some of that tonight. Um, mm. You want some good news, Trace? I'd love some good news. Fart Newman, reinstated from the IL. Love that. Then DFA. Love that. Got him back just in time. Yeah. Got rid of him just in time. <laughs> um, Couldn't come soon enough. As a reminder, uh, by the way, when this season ends, I am going to do I'm going to do like a 15-20 minute dialogue. I'm just going to apologize to pr pretty much half the half the roster. That's fair. Kevin Newman will be on there. I like that. I like that. What else I like is the United Dairy Farmers supports this show and they do a cherry on top. But it just is a reminder. We do do this show every single day. Monday through Friday from 10 hey! to 12 and if for some dumb reason you want to join us in our group of idiots that try to do a sports talk show in this room every single day, be my guest. We'd love to have you back at 10 a.m. We'll see if Tom can't make an appearance. I think that's the case. But for your United Dairy Farmers, cherry on top, you guys, you guys need to take it away and make it happen. Mean and angry, here to come a prowling. Lean and hungry, an offensive brute. Clap, clap, clap. Long well, pass or boot. Clap, clap, clap. And defensively, they're rough. Tough. Cincinnati Bengals. That's the team we're going to cheer to victory. Touchdown, Bengals. Put some points up on that board and win the game for Cincinnati. With Joe Burrow. Um, Elliot did have to look up the lyrics, which is a little alarming for his fandom, but that <laughs> normally ends up with a Cincinnati, Cincinnati, we got, we got a, team a team right here in town, town. ain't gonna never let us down. Who day? Who day? Who day think gonna beat them Bengals? Who day? Who day? Who day think gonna beat them Bengals? Nobody! Except the past two weeks. Yeah. No. Wanna do the Reds fight song too? I'm a Reds fan. That's what I am. That said, imagine your season ending. We'll be back song. better than ever tomorrow at 10 a.m. We hope you join us, even if it doesn't go the way we'd all like tonight. See you. See you. See you. Hopefully tomorrow, everybody.